Our protagonist is Madison Maxwell, or Mad Max for short. Max likes to sit around, eat organic food, and monologue to himself. My world is fire and blood. But these skinheads put a stop to that. They bring him back to their boss, a fat guy named Joe. Imperator Furio... Imper... Operator Furio... Furiosa, one of Joe's trusted <laughs> lackeys, goes trucking off to the gas station. But soon Joe realizes she took all his sex puppets and sends his army of war puppets to chase her down. How do you like that synopsis of Mad Max? <clears throat> I, I, I want my own sex puppets. <laughs> Don't we all want our own sex puppets, or is that a little creepy to say on a show on the internet? I think it's pretty normal for a show on the internet. Oh, okay. Good point. Let's start the show on the internet. Welcome to Tricky Files. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. How about you? I am doing well. This is Drinky Files. This is going to be episode 15, I believe. I am Dino. I'm Ryan. And uh, we are back again, just the two of us. Just the two of us. And we're going to uh, talk about shit and do shit and, you know, shit all over the place. Get swifty. We're going to get swifty. <laughs> Drop your pants and shit on the floor. <laughs> That video was um, the wisecrack, uh, the hidden meaning in Mad Max Fury Road from their show Earthling Cinema. It's a great, great, great show that they have. Uh, can you turn that off real quick? It's going to create a lot of background noise. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really good show where the the context is like it, there's an alien that uh, synopsizes and then analyzes films. Yeah. And what do you think about that show? I just showed it to you today. Was it the first time you yeah, ever seen it? Yeah, was the first it? time I'd ever seen it. It was just a couple hours ago when you uh, showed it to me. What did you uh, think of it? It's hilarious. I love it. They've got a lot of really great analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, the synopsis is always pretty humorous. The synopsis is very humorous. Just like when he's struggling with the word Imperator on, on this one. Operator Furiosa. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoy Wisecrack's videos. They're always very smart. Um... Wisecrack doesn't make dumb content, and I'm a huge fan of, of the stuff that they do. It was all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I showed you Thug Notes, one yep. episode of Thug Notes. What did you think of Thug Notes? I wasn't as thrilled with that one. I liked the premise, but I'd, I'd need to watch more videos. Yeah. That one, I don't know. The premise of, of Thug Notes is a, uh, a big black dude who you wouldn't think would read high literature reviews high literature. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, meaningful pieces of literature from, you know, really all eras. He talks about uh, some stuff that's classical stuff. He, he does V for Vendetta. Really good stuff. Uh, they also have another show called um, The Philosophy of, where they go into the philosophy of, like, Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. They have 8-bit philosophy, where they go into the philosophy of, philosophy of certain video games. and uh, Or video game characters, or, or what have you. Really great channel. This is not a commercial for Wisecrack. I don't know why I'm going off about them. <laughs> uh, why not? <laughs> oh, they're good. It's good content. I want to talk say, about good content. I get it, but I don't appreciate the this... At this point, it's almost a meme of, like... Referring to video game things as being 8-bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. we haven't had 8-bit games in 30 years or yeah. whatever. Like, just A lot of the games that people even refer to as 8-bit are actually 16. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, they're not even 8-bit games. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And then any of the games that are on, like, the, the, uh, what is it, the, the, in, N64? N64. Those are on 32-bit. Those are 64-bit. 64, they, oh, you're right, that's why it's 64. Yeah, the PlayStation 1 was 32-bit. Yes, exactly, exactly. I don't know about the NES or SNES, but... Nah, I don't know, that's probably... 8 or 16, depending. I don't know. One might have been 32. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I like video games. I play them sometimes. I'm not a fucking expert. <laughs> <laughs> don't expect me to be. Uh, yeah, but like with uh, PS4 and Xbox One and uh, PC games, basically every PC game now, that's all 64-bit. Exactly. No. Yes. Yes. Well. No. I don't think so. Yes, I think it is. I think it's 64-bit. Really? Yeah. With the number of polygons and everything that we can do now? Well, I mean, processors are still 64-bit. That's true. So You're right. That's uh, that's going to be your limiting factor there. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, current on video game technology. I don't even have a current-gen console um, from anyone. I have an Xbox 360, and that's it. My PSP is still laying around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That was basically uh, a porn device for a while. There were a couple of good games on the PSP, but the PSP had a very Japanese aesthetic. Yeah. And I was unfamiliar with it. Yeah. Um, some of it I just straight didn't like, and some of it I couldn't appreciate because I didn't understand it. Yeah. So it was a mix of those two things that made me kind of not enjoy the PSP as much as I could have. I got to like use a friend's PSP a couple times, and I never really cared for it. One of the great things about it was movies. Yeah. You had all these movies on the on the UMD, that, that dumb little disc that they used. Yep. That's uh, such a limiting factor in this thing. I don't <laughs> understand why they really were still using it, but it was still that mentality. Yeah. You know, the disc mentality, cartridge yep. mentality. So, I don't know, but I mean, I played Resistance, what was it, Fall of Man or something on the mm-hmm. PSP? It was pretty fun. Uh, there were a couple of good games. I tried to play, uh, I tried to play the Metal Gear Solid that came out for or the Metal Gear that came out for it, and it was like, not that great. It doesn't, yeah. From what I've seen, Metal Gear fans liked it, but I was never a Metal Gear guy. Ah. So. I don't, I don't know. know, it's, I really liked, uh... Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 for PS2, yeah. but I never really got into the mobile games. See, that's all I had for the longest time. My first video game system mm-hmm. was actually a Game Boy Advance SP, mm-hmm. and I never had a Nintendo before that. I never had anything before that. I think my first was a Game Boy Color. Yeah. my uh, I used my SP for a while. Um, I used it a lot to the point that I could, like when I first got it for the first month or so, I would hear the theme to the Spider-Man game mm-hmm. just in my head. <laughs> like it wouldn't go away and it wasn't because it was the super catchy tune it was because I had burned it into my mind <laughs> I used it so much um, you can also watch video content on that too you could get the cartridges that had like an episode of Fairly Godparents and an episode of Spongebob mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and I used to watch those on there um, those are pretty good yeah a, uh, a friend of mine had a PSP and let another mutual friend of ours borrow it at church <laughs> And then came back to me, like, half an hour, an hour later, pissed off, because, like, top thing in his history was just porn. Yep. Yeah, there was actually kind of a market for PSP porn there for a while. I think that was actually one of the websites, was PS Porn. Huh. Uh, it was a really fucking train. Every time the the sun goes down, and that train decides it's time. Yeah. I hate it. But, uh... Alright, so we have drinks. We do have drinks. Uh, what are our drinks? Glenn Fittich. Glenn Fittich. Twelve yeah. year. Mm. Not bad. It's not bad. It's not my favorite. 
Mine's cut because my ice melted very quickly in this hot room. Yeah. And you take yours neat. I do take my neat. So, so you're getting the full effect of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely better than the the Glenlivet, uh, which I I don't care for. Um, what was it that we had? Like Glenmorangie? Glenmorangie was pretty good. I like that one. That's what we um, had last time. That's what we had last time. How does it compare to the Glenmorangie? I think? think I think I like this more than the Glenmorangie. I think I do as well. Again, mine's cut, so I'm not getting the full kind of effect of it. I probably will when we come back for part two. But um, I like this. Yeah, it's good. I like it quite a bit. Um. A little bit of, uh, of, of, not a whole lot of spiciness to it, actually. No, it's not spicy, which I like. I don't, I like, I love spicy foods. Yes. Like, I made myself red curry and I put a habanero pepper in it. Uh, usually put peppers of some kind whenever I make fajitas. Yeah. Um, I got a really good ghost chili salsa, but oh, was it hot. But I don't really like my whiskeys to be spicy. Um... Of course, I'm an Iway fan. I like that smoky, peaty flavor. Um, I'm just not a fan of the spice. So yeah, this doesn't have spice. When I was sniffing it earlier, I smelled a lot of oak in it. And I don't really taste it. Yeah. It's not really heavy on that. There, it's, But it's very smooth. It is pretty smooth. Again, mine's cut, but I can kind of guess... Yeah. How it is. Ah, that just triggered me for a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I let it rest on the back of my tongue too long, and it like... <laughs> uh, I'm happy with it. I think it's a good choice. It is. It was a good choice. Slightly more expensive than the Glenmorangie. Yes. The Glenmorangie was like 55, right? Uh, yeah. This was about 60. 67 or so? Yeah. Uh, still pretty good, though. I like it. Student discount. 10% off. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what have you been up to since the last show? Um, I actually have an update from a story I told on a previous episode. Ooh, ooh do tell. Uh, so, I don't know if you remember, I told the story of uh, that girl that shots for it, Luz. Yes. And then found out she was in my class. Yes. I talked to her this week. It's not the same girl. What? Yeah. Something... What? You thought it was the same person and it's not? Yeah. Twins. Maybe? They look really similar. Of course, I had a lot to drink that night, so maybe my memory <laughs> isn't as reliable as... You are an unreliable narrator. I thought it was. <laughs> but yeah, uh, not the same girl, so... Well, that's... Luckily, I, like, introduced myself and approached the conversation in a way that wasn't telling, so, it like... It didn't depend on that It, it didn't depend on that, yeah. Yeah. So... That worked out. Uh, um, that's that's good. Because if you'd said, hey, how you been doing? What's up? It's like, who are you? Uh, <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, though. Um, so now, effectively, you have two friends. Uh, well, I mean, no, because I haven't talked with the Oh, yeah, the one the you're never going to see again. Never going to see so... again. <laughs> so I have one friend. So you have one friend now. Okay, well, that could be good, though. It's always good to talk to people, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah. uh, I've been playing a lot of Miitomo. Have you checked that out? I have seen a lot of Miitomo. Oh, if this is an autoplay video. No, it's a picture. Good. Um, I have seen a lot of Miitomo stuff, um, like, uh, like, uh, from Paul from, uh, Ice Cream Social. The Ice okay. Cream Social podcast talks about it quite a bit. Um, he's a fan. Of course, he loves video games and shit. It's interesting. Um... I read through all of my friends' answers because it bothers me to have unread answers, mm -hmm. but most of that shit is pretty boring. Um, the thing I enjoy most is, like, taking all of their questions and trying to make dick jokes out of it. <laughs> Are, uh, arguably not Nintendo's intention, 
no, probably not. <laughs> and I was like really excited. I posted something that was less than appropriate. I was like, I'm so glad there's no report feature. And then friend of the show, Steven, was like, just long press on a comment and you can report it. Post. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, I'm getting banned. <laughs> Nintendo's going to drop the ban hammer on you, bro. The uh, I'm, I'm always like, I am not a fan of messaging apps. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that's like, I don't need a new messenger. Facebook messenger, I, I don't need you, Facebook messenger. I have Hangouts and I have texting. Hangouts is most of the people that I'm friends with have Android phones and use Hangouts, so mm-hmm. Hangouts is not a big deal for me to have. And then texting for everybody else. Yep. And if you want me to use Facebook messenger, uh, too bad. Yeah. If you want me to use your freaking, mm, whatever that uh, is, group, group me. me. Uh, group me is so Fuck group bad. me. I hate it. It's I hate so it. It's bad. Um, same thing with, uh, like, uh, every now and then, I'll use an IRC app, mm-hmm. but there's not always, not all of them support all of the right, uh, like, not formats, but, like, server types. Hmm. So, it's difficult to actually get the ones that you need. I, in fact, I, I'm having a hard time finding one that's gonna let me use the No Agenda Chat mm-hmm. IRC channel, but, uh, I've, I've got one for our IRC channel. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of messaging apps. I yeah. don't want them. Meet Tomo is more like a message- messaging game. Have they, so they've gamified messaging to an extent. To an extent. It's like there are pre-written questions that it asks you pseudo-randomly. And so you answer it, and then you can go through and read your friends' answers to questions. And okay. they have another little bit of a game aspect to it, which I'm not a fan of at all. Um, which just lets you unlock, uh, like, character outfits and customization stuff. Yeah, for me. Um, I made my, my me as douchey as possible from yes. the stuff that I could just buy on the store. And Yeah. Uh, the, uh, okay. Have you used me photo? Yes. What's the okay? I've heard tell of a of a sound effect when you use me photo. Yeah, it's that sounds like like porn. It's just I think it's the default sound effect. I was hearing it for literally every photo, and it's regardless of how you set your voice because you can customize your voice parameters. Yeah. Um, it's like a notification tone, kind of. But for when you use me photo, it's like it's just a tone that it plays. Oh yeah, it's, this is but this is just a fixed tone that it plays for everyone, and it's literally just uh... <laughs> like that is it, female voice, kind of high pitched, like oh my straight god. out of porn sex moan. Oh my god, yeah, they were talking about that on ICS the other day, and Paul couldn't get it pulled up to find a to do a uh, an example of it, but it sounded. Very pornographic. He was describing it exactly how you just did. Yeah, that's that's literally what it is. Oh my god. It's hilarious. Why was that a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be a default answer for why would Nintendo do a thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty fair. No one knows why. Uh, I don't necessarily want to talk about this, so I'll just pull this up for later. Um... So that's what, okay, so I got an update on that story, we got, we yeah. got that, and then uh, we got uh, Mitomo. Mitomo. What yeah. else have you been up to? Uh, there was something else, there was... I assume so, I was two gonna... weeks. <laughs> something happened and now I don't remember what. Oh, I went to a party last night. Okay, tell me about the type of party that this was, because I have a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we were, we were chilling at Lou's for Pint Night Tuesday. 
and a friend of the show, Stephanie, yes. was like, hey, uh, we're going to do a kickback at my place on on Friday. So what, so you're going to bribe uh, an official or something like that, and, and they're going to receive a gift for taking a specific action? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I leaned over to one of her, her roommates, who was sitting on the other side of me, and I was like, I'm not young and hip like you. What's a kickback? Yes. And she said, Ha, oh, you, I'm not drunk enough to deal with you. Also, I have to leave. That's not the response you want. <laughs> not really. No. I'm so. not drunk enough to deal with you. Also, I'm leaving. Well, the leaving thing was was tertiary. She did yeah. actually have to. And she'd said before that that she had, had yeah. to leave. So she left. So I waited a couple minutes, and then I leaned over to Stephanie, like, Stephanie, same bit, I'm not young and hip like you, what's a kickback? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, it's like a party, but it's just like, just a few people, small group of friends, like, typically you know everyone there, there aren't randoms showing up. Yeah, yeah. So... And what do you do at a kickback? I mean, the same thing you do at a party, you have alcohol, you drink, you, uh, Is it the same kickback. thing you do at a party, though? No. There were no lap dances this time. Not that specific kind of party. <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know, music, maybe some dancing, maybe a little bit of, uh, of you know, uh, something festive, perhaps. There was music and there was dancing, but those were separate. How? Uh, someone uh, who showed up at this thing was like, I really want to listen to some Lil Dicky right now. So I pulled out my phone, opened up Google Play Music, and played some Lil Dicky. And we did that while we were sitting around drinking, playing a game. And then later, after uh, two of the girls were very drunk, okay. they uh, kind of grabbed onto each other and stumbled around the floor a little bit. Okay, sounds sexy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't like it wasn't like a party party. Like it a party, wasn't a party party party. Party party. Yeah. party. So party party. In my mind, the term kickback, mm-hmm. when not used in a in a political or financial context, which is how I usually imagine it. Is just a term somebody made up for a shitty party. In my mind. Now, granted, I love Stephanie. She's awesome. (laughs) I've been to one of her parties. It was great. So, this is what confuses me about this kickback thing. Mm -hmm. When we used to do uh, Stiv House, Mm -hmm. that was a kickback, right? Yeah, that was a kickback. Yeah, it wasn't a party. It was just, you know, let's get together, drink, play some games. Yeah. Yeah, and I I enjoy that. Don't get me wrong. Tons of fun. Mm -hmm. However... I don't believe having a name for it <laughs> makes it not a shitty party. Yeah, I, yeah. I because absolutely now agree. you're trying to call it a party. You're you're trying to call it. You're you're just. It's not that. It's more like you're trying to not call it a party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it it seems like an admission of defeat in a weird way. <laughs> like I'm I'm just gonna avoid calling this gathering a party because it's not gonna be a party. It's not gonna have that atmosphere. But, so I'm going to call it a kickback, whereas you could just say, let's hang. I mean... Yeah, I mean, a kickback is, like, what I would expect if I said that I was throwing a party. Like... Exactly. I know my party's going to be a little bit shitty. Ah, a beer bottle fell down. That's, uh, you know, it's whatever. Is that telling at all? But, <laughs> but like, I don't... I expect randoms to not show up at my party. Yeah. So I guess this is more of a college thing, like... Oh, bro, Stephanie's throwing a sick party. You're like, you gonna come? <laughs> it's like, 
bro, I'll totally bring there. I'll bring like Jenna and yeah. Steven and Bryce and Jake and, and Jake. Johnny and Jimmy Two Shoes and Jade <laughs> and John. Candy. <laughs> Candy doesn't start with a J. Oh, we're, we were just doing J's. What? I didn't know that. I didn't know we were just doing J's. I fucked that up. I'm sorry. It's okay. I should have stuck with the bit. I apologize. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> bad podcaster. Bad. <laughs> um. But yeah, so <laughs> we were there for like 10 minutes, and I uh, had had a beer before I got there. I showed up, and I was just drinking a beer. We were just sitting around a table, chilling yeah. or whatever, and Stephanie chilling walks. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. All shooting some people outside of school. Yeah. 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 And, uh... I don't know what you were referencing there, but uh It's a fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. Oh, that's exactly why I don't know it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> when Blockbuster was still a thing, uh we would rent videos from Blockbuster a lot. I rented every box set in order of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Nice. Like we would go one Saturday, I would take the box set, take it back home, and we would get like the like the rental that was like Saturday or Saturday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I would get the box set, we would take it home. I would watch it over the week, we would go back, I would get season two. <laughs> take yep. it home. Yep. So yeah, uh, that's why I know the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. I used to know the long version that not a whole lot of people know exists. Nice. That was in the first three episodes. Nice. Or so. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie walks into her sister's room and brings okay. out Drinking Jenga. Drinking Jenga. Drinking Jenga. Yeah, so it's okay. it's Jenga... But every, and this was like, this was handmade for her sister by her sister's friends. Okay. It's got things written on each piece. So you were playing, uh, you were playing, uh, you were playing Jenga? Shit, jen, shit, what? Jenga? Jenga. Jenga? Jenga. Jenga? Jenga. 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 Jenga with Jen. Jenga. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this drinking Jenga, this is a, this is a, a Jenga game. A, yeah. A, 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 I want to say a set of Jenga. I don't know. I guess. You, I guess this was the the game Jenga that comes in the square box. And, yep. You know, it's a, yep. it's a ten, right? It's a ten. Uh, no, this was just it was a box. Okay. Well, I played Tumbling Towers as a kid. That was the off-brand Jenga, and it came in a ten. And uh, it's the ten, and you dump it, and you have the the tower, and you pull it up, and there's the tower. Yep. And but, then you push or pull yeah, pieces push out or of pull it. Try to knock, not yeah. try to not knock it over. In some cases, you put it back on top, not at all. That's kind yeah. of a house rule type of thing. Yeah, we we put the pieces back on top. Yeah, and so every whatever piece you do, you had to do whatever was written on that piece. Yes. So the first like five rounds, uh, one of the the uh, girls there had to drink or take shots. So she got super drunk, super fast. Stephanie got a lot of weird like. Mix of stuff. She was well rounded. Okay. First round, I drew the remove an article of clothing piece. Okay. And I said, "Do my shoes count?" And they said, "No, take off your shirt." Okay. Um. First mistake. Asking. <laughs> <laughs> it is always better to beg forgiveness. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so you you then from that point had to play shirtless. I from that point had to play shirtless. Okay. And because this was our first game, we hadn't drank a lot. This game went the longest. Right. It actually went for a good amount of time. Um, I, like a, I like a good long game of Jenga. And since we were playing that you put the piece back on top, okay. then then Drinky Girl drew it and had to take off her shirt. Okay. And then we drew the uh, Truth or Dare piece. Okay. We didn't know exactly, like, how do you... what What is this? Who asks the Truth or Dare? Who gets asked the Truth or Dare? Yeah, that's... So um, we just that did it... That seems unclear. We did it just like everyone gets asked, and whoever asks, asks. 
Okay. Okay. So, so the girl who drew it got asked first, and then I got asked, and I said truth because there's like nothing I'm unwilling to say. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't the like that. Way. Stephanie sat there for like I'm five the minutes trying way. to think of something that would embarrass me, and finally she's like, "It's just right, not possible." All right, you get a dare. Oh yeah. And I don't remember what I had to do. So then it came to Stephanie's turn. Stephanie's the only one. There's only three of us playing this. That's the thing about um, being a person who will shamelessly admit anything mm-hmm. is you always have the upper hand in truth or dare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so Stephanie wasn't a little bitch like I was, and she picked a dare. Okay. And so, and I just didn't fucking care. So, Drinky Girl, uh, I'm trying trying to not use names. I don't think it matters. Well, Stephanie's um, been on the show, so you can use that, but, but other names are unnecessary. Um, Drinky Girl was f- trying and failing to come up with a dare for Stephanie, and so finally I was like, Stephanie's the only one who still has her shirt on. Mm-hmm. So, dare, take off your shirt. Yeah. So, so was just, everyone playing shirtless at this point? Or everyone was... Well, they had undershirts shirts on and bras under that, so it was kind of unfair. Oh, so it was bullshit is what you're saying. It was kind of bullshit. <laughs> no, that's horseshit. <laughs> if you're playing a strip game and shirt is what you go with, you're expected to then be only wearing whatever is worn under a single shirt, if anything. I mean, they're girls. They wear bras and undershirts and shirts, I guess? Not always. I mean, to me, it's like... To me, the way that a strip game should be played is as if you are wearing the bare minimum, as I am now. I'm only wearing... Actually, I think I have an undershirt on, but let's not count that. (laughs) Um... Only just like if you were wearing a t-shirt and shorts, that's how I think a strip game should be played. Yes, yeah, like now, take off your shirt, you're shirtless. Yes, exactly. It, girls, bra is fine. That's of course, of course, because that's part of the fun. Next one, take off your pants. You know, yes. you've still got your boxers. Exactly, that's exactly right. That to me is how a strip game should be played. Now there is, uh, unless you're playing like a long game, like strip poker, strip poker, or whatever. Yeah, and then that's just you one you at want time. layers because you want to lose. Lose a lot of rounds, and you want to. Yeah. You want it to be interesting. If you, you want to lose, like that's the thing. Some people take strip games very seriously, where it's like, if I'm not fully clothed at the end of this, I'm going to be angry. And some people take that. That would be me, not because, <laughs> not because I am embarrassed about getting naked or whatever. Yeah. I'm so fucking competitive. There's no way I want to lose that shit and exactly, have, to, yeah. have to take off my clothes. See, I'm not. I see it as sexy. So I'm just like, whatever gets the most people to have the least clothes on. As quickly as possible? Yeah, I'm down. That's why I like this notion of this Jenga game, except for it was just it was more things than just stripping and drinking. It was like... Yeah, so one of the things was uh, call Avery a Jew, and it had a phone number on it. Mm-hmm. So poor Avery has... I actually don't think that phone number is in service anymore because it immediately went to just like a generic uh, carrier voicemail box. Yeah, yeah. Um, Poor Avery has two messages telling him he's a Jew. Uh, There was another one that was prank call. Uh, There's one, pick someone to do a shot. Drink with the nigga to your right and drink with the nigga to your left. Yeah. Um, Drink if you gay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's a bunch of kind of wacky type of... It wasn't just like shot. It was was kind of wacky sort of fun stuff. Yeah. See, I would go more simplistic than that. If I were going to do a Jenga game like that, my ideal novelty kind of Jenga game like that would be a strip Jenga game with alcohol. So 
Half the pieces would be take off an article about of clothing. clothing. Half the pieces would be about drinking, with maybe a couple of others sprinkled through. Some specialty pieces sprinkled through. Tell but, a dick joke. Yeah, maybe just a, just a couple of specialty bits sprinkled throughout. But most of the pieces would be divided about halfway between stripping and drinking. Yeah, and uh. Uh, in order to do that, you probably have to do a sip. You probably couldn't do a shot. Because if one person has a string of bad luck, they're doing four shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's no fun for anyone. <laughs> no. It ceases to be sexy when you have somebody in their underwear puking all over themselves. So, you know, you have to do like a sip or something simplistic like that. But yeah, that's like, how I would make mine. One of them was finish your drink, which yeah. would have been okay for me or Stephanie because we were drinking beer. Yeah. But somebody with this... Yeah, like if we'd had whiskey or uh, Drinky Girl had had mixed drinks the whole night. Yes. So, you know, finish your drink isn't super fantastic when you've just poured yourself, like, a double vodka and Sprite or whatever. That's the thing. I I think you would have finish your drink as the penalty for losing. Mm -hmm. Losing a game of Jenga involves knocking the tower over. Well, because at one point it got to the point... At one point it got to the point. Well, it got to that point. It got... It did get to that point. At at one point it was like... I've been to that point. (laughs) (laughs) We were not finishing our drinks, keeping just a little bit in case we got the finish your drink card. Yeah, of course. Because even if you have a a beer, like, I can't chug beer. That makes me sick. Mm -mm. Um, It's no good. I've tried. uh, One of the ones, one of the cards was shotgun. Mm -mm. So I I would just say no. I'd be like, no, give me a shot. I'll do a shot. I'm not going to shotgun this beer. Well, I think I, I drew that card. And I had, like, two sips left in my beer. And I had a glass bottle of beer. Like, I couldn't shotgun. Yeah. And so they were like, just chug it. And I was, there were two drinks just left. Just chug what's left, yeah. I did. You know, at that point it was fine. I would probably mix in, I like the notion, there was a, a kiss piece. There was a kiss piece. Okay. I, I was telling you about this earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was one that was kiss someone. Yes. So I drew that one. Uh, drinky girl, her boyfriend was sitting right there next to us. Um, and then there was Stephanie. Yes. And so, I don't think her boyfriend would have minded terribly. Like, he seemed like yeah. a pretty ch- pretty chill dude. Especially in the context of the game. Like there's, yeah, a, like, there's a certain expectation of being okay with some shit. Like, and, in the yeah. context of the game. And, like, he was there chilling and joking with us. Super, super cool dude. Yeah. But, but Drinky Girl was like, well, you really only have one choice. And S- Stephanie was like, doesn't say where you have to kiss them. Yeah. So I just, like, got Stephanie's hand and, and Princess kissed her Yeah, hands. yeah. That, to me, I would probably have a couple of pieces in mind that would be, like, I think, because it's Jenga, I think you have a chance for a really fun game mechanic. Mm-hmm. I think you can do a spin the bottle. Yeah. I think you can take the piece, and when you pull it out, there's an arrow on it, and mm-hmm. you spin it to kiss someone, of course, on the fucking lips, because that's how the game is played. <laughs> and so you spin it, and it, you know, whoever it stops on, mm-hmm. that's who you have to... I think that's the way to make that piece. Yeah, Because I it agree. adds kind of a spin and a game mechanic that's sort of fun. And also it makes people kiss on the lips with random strangers. That's that's always fun as well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen the video. Have you seen the video of Kissing Strangers? No. There was a video that was put up. I can't remember who did it, but they had a bunch of strangers kiss. 
they had him like essentially make out for you know a mm-hmm. little bit. I can't remember how long it was. I might pull up the video for part two, but um, it's a fascinating little thing. And there was like in that time that they were kissing, they developed this weird intimacy that was like sort of crazy almost. Like I think it's a, it's a perfect example of how kissing functions in the body. Like mm-hmm. you do that, it basically there's an element of it that some people theorize that you're testing the biology of the other person for compatibility. Yeah. In kissing. That's what a kiss is about. I don't know if that's true. I mean... And they don't either, but it's a good theory. At the very least, it breaks barriers. Exactly. Exactly. It it creates sort of a primal connection. It's the ultimate icebreaker. Next time you're at a party and you don't know anyone and you're feeling uncomfortable, just walk up to someone and kiss them. Yeah, do that. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, when did this show become Give the Listeners Terrible Advice? (laughs) Uh, About about 30 seconds ago. I'm okay, I just wanted to know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like a crazy thing where, like, it was this younger dude and this, uh, not older lady, but probably someone who is, uh, it was a lady who was at the beginning of middle age, kind mm-hmm. of, and a younger guy, probably an 18 or 19 year old guy, and they kissed, and there was, like, this weird sort of intimacy, and it's, it's, there's this, it's the type of thing that I think is not only sort of cool mm-hmm. about people generally. But also, it's a little bit sexy. Yeah. So I would like to have the piece in the game where it would be spin it and then just kiss whoever it lands on. If I were playing a spin the bottle type game and it landed on a dude, I want to ask you first, actually. If you were, because I know what I'm going to say, my answer's locked in. Okay. If you were playing a spin the bottle type game and it landed on a dude and it necessitated a kiss, not a peck, a kiss, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I'm playing a spin-the-bottle type game and it lands on a dude, it's like, who gives a shit? It's the game. It's the rules of the game. You're playing this for the the po- sexy potential. Exactly. You know. The potential for, for sexiness and also the potential for a little bit of taboo mm-hmm. and maybe for doing things you wouldn't normally do. That's generally why you mix in alcohol as well. Yep. And, like, that's definitely something I wouldn't normally do, like... And so, you know, it's really just whatever. It's not like it fucking matters. I agree. I agree. There's sort of a strange... I I don't... In fact, I don't think it's strange. I think it's kind of cool that, like, human beings can develop that connection. I really enjoy that. Um, Of course, you have to measure that against fidelity and all this other stuff if you're in a relationship or what have you. Be responsible with your kissing strangers. But... Like, I totally wouldn't suggest going to play a spin-the-bottle type game when your significant other is not there. Yeah, unless they know about it and are explicitly okay with it. I agree. Like, there are some relationships where, like... And this is one of the reasons why... Not that it really fucking matters for me, but I don't consider myself to be, uh... Monogamous. Yes. It's because like we've covered this on the show. You're you're you are a uh, uh, your sexuality's uh, not not traditional. Yes, that's very fair to say. Like, I really don't think sexuality is a scale. I think it's at least a graph, if not like yeah. a three dimensional <laughs> x y z axis. Where's the point? It's, yeah. yeah, it's freaking calculus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but like, if I'm in a, a relationship with someone, there is some deeper connection there. I agree. And I feel like I am confident and comfortable enough that I can go make out with a stranger at a party, Mm -hmm. 
or whatever, but know that there is this other person that I want to go home to later. Hell, yes. I could be at a party and sleep with someone yes. and know that there's another person I want to go home to later. Mm-hmm. Like... I because totally understand that point of view. I don't go as far as the sleeping with part. Yeah, um, I don't even necessarily go far go as far as the, the the making out part without explicit permission from my partner. That's why. No, so yes, absolutely must have like explicit permission. Yeah, or at least be on the same page with them. You don't have to ask them, "Hey, is it okay if I kiss them one night?" But if you both understand that that's a thing that you can do. It's fine. But I personally, in my specific relationship right now, and I think probably in every relationship given my personality, mm-hmm. I would probably um, prefer to be present. Yeah. Like, if we go to a party and it's like there's going to be a spin-the-bottle type game and we're going to kiss strangers and it's going to be sexy and fun and then, you know, all that other stuff, I'm I'm down for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind that kind of thing because to me it can only create more sexual charge between myself and my significant other. And we'll fuck like mad after. You know what I mean? Like yep. that to me is is it's totally cool. But I don't know. It, it's just one of those. That's probably how I would prefer to do it. But you're absolutely correct. For people who don't care about that necessarily, or who don't have that point of view on mm-hmm. these issues, yeah, fine. Do well, whatever. there is a, a friend of mine who. This is speculation on my part, but I think one of her ways of hitting on me was trying, seriously, legitimately, trying to get me to make out with other guys. It's a whole genre of porn, man. Yeah. And not for gay men. It's a it's a whole genre of porn for straight women. Especially, uh, what is it, is it Yuri? Uh, Yaoi. Because Yahweh is women, isn't it? No, Yuri is women. Yuri okay. is lesbian, Yaoi is gay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a really interesting uh, interview I saw with a... Uh, Famous Daojinshi artist, which is kind of an oxymoron because Daojinshi is necessarily kind of underground and self-published. And he does uh, Lolicon Daojinshi. Yes. Which is underage girls frequently involving rape. I am not... Not advocating Not advocating this. Not... It's just a thing that exists. It is a thing that exists. Yes. And he is married, and so... It's illustrated, right? Or yeah, is it? illustrated. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not... No one's actually getting hurt. It's illustrated. Yeah. Okay. Um, the same kind of argument that, that uh, Alan Moore has for his uh, Lost Girls comic. is yep. Yes, these girls are underage, but it's illustrated drawings. You can call it depraved and terrible, but you cannot call it harmful. I am not saying that it is harmful. No, just opinion. That, I'm but just saying I that's as far as the could, opinion can could, go. It could be considered harmful reasonably. Yeah. But that that is a, a conversation to have yeah. maybe in the well, second we've half had of that conversa- show. Didn't we have that conversation when we were talking about Alan Moore's Lost Oh, race? yeah, I think we did. Yeah. yeah so. We've had this conversation. Go back and listen to yeah. other shows. So so in this interview... Our other shows. Our older shows. <laughs> in this interview, uh, the interviewer asks, does your wife have a problem with you drawing underage girls like this? Alan Moore, that's it. And he he says no cause she she's into Shoda which is underage boys yeah in the frequently those situations rape, yeah same situations and like you know it's a whole whole thing yeah like and you know to to tie it back in it can be like a female on female kissing happened at the party last yeah. night yeah. there were there were only three of us playing the game there were other females there, there. to try and ambiguate who was doing the kissing um. Mm-hmm. But there's female and female kissing, and that is super hot. 
to me as yeah. a guy. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, if some someone... People, some people are super turned on by that. If someone else some, is some into... Men and women both are super yeah. turned on by that. Someone else is into male-on-male kissing, you know, yeah, more absolutely. power to you. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a fetishization. This is the thing. And maybe it is, and maybe that doesn't matter. I, I, I'm of two minds on it, I suppose. Because on the one hand, I don't think it's a fetishization, because it's what people are doing. And if it turns you on, who cares? And Isn't that a fetish, fetishization, though? Yeah, exactly. That's my like, other... The other argument is, is like, it's a fetishization, and I'm like, okay, who but it, gives a but shit? But it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, it, it's a fetishization. Some things are sexy. Have your fetish. Let things be sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, I think, important, actually. Now that I've just said that, I think it's kind of an important point. Let things be sexy. Yeah. Don't be insulted when something's hot. It's fine. Yeah. It's Who human. Cares? It's very human. I think that's part of the thing is in the Western world, we're very scared of our sexuality. Yeah. We're super absolutely. afraid of it. We're like, oh. It's like like people who like butt stuff and they're just like, oh, I don't want to like butt stuff. It's scary. And it's like, dude, like butt stuff. Do butt stuff. Who cares? Dean. What? If ever there was an ISO time, this is it. <laughs> I will ISO this after the show. No, that's not what I meant. What? There's one to play. Oh, yeah, you're right. I could probably ISO this. We missed the moment, though. We did, we missed the moment, but I'm still going to play it. I love receiving. It played, I promise. Yeah, but you played the wrong one. (laughs) No, I played receiving. That wasn't the one I meant. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's another one. Oh, yeah, that's a new ISO, by the way, that one I just played because I fucked it up. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, that's a brand new ISO that I made the other day. I would fuck a hot girl with no legs in the ass with lemon lube. There we go. There's the classic ISO. I'm sorry I missed that cue. I'm a, again, bad podcaster. Bad. <laughs> but we keep, our recording keeps stopping. I don't like this. It'll be okay. Um, I'll fix it. I still don't know how to edit these fucking things. <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually. We will. It'll be okay. We'll, we'll get it done. Um, so yeah, uh, so that's what you've been up to. We went to a party. We talked, we talked about that a little bit. Yep. Uh, I talked, Mitomo. I talked to the girl. I think. Oh! No, you didn't talk to the girl. You talked to another girl. <laughs> I talked to a girl. Hey, look at me. I hey, talked to girls. Hey, I'm talking to girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. Oh, fuck, I lost it. Okay, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm asking you what's going on in your life, because there's absolutely nothing going on in mine. Yeah? Yeah. Still, I'm, I'm still just the same. Just the same as I've always been, dude. I'm just hanging out, watching a lot of YouTube videos, and uh, I actually did start watching the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated series uh, Yeah. again. Yeah. They're freaking good, dude. I should watch them. The first season of Justice League is a little bit... The first several episodes of Justice League is a little bit kind of eh. But season two is amazing. Season... One of Unlimited is awesome. Season two of Unlimited is great. Um, I've seen these probably three times a piece. Just like just like Unlimited, but I'm a huge fan. They're really really good TV shows. I tell you what, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is fantastic for what they're doing with it production wise. I agree. But goddamn, if DC doesn't have the better heroes. Oh yeah, I I, I think so too. Like there's. They've found a way to add a lot of depth to the Marvel heroes that I don't think is always present in the comics as much as... When I read a Marvel comic, and I have read Marvel comics, don't be like, You don't read them, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. I do read them, and I do know. When they add depth to the Marvel characters, outside of a select few, uh, those select few being probably Captain America and Spider-Man, and maybe a couple of more. Doctor Strange probably has a little bit more depth as well. But when they're adding depth to these characters, it always seems a little bit contrived. Well... 
Whereas the DC heroes, their depth to me is more legitimate because of their interactions. Yep. Like the like the DC superheroes in the Justice League interact, and there's a there's a disparity among power levels where you know Batman has none and Superman has all of it. And there's movies like Justice League, Justice League Doomed. I think I think it's Doomed. I could be wrong. That's based on the Tower of Babel storyline where. Batman's ways of taking down the Justice League gets hijacked. Mm -hmm. And so the Justice League is being systematically dismantled using Batman's own techniques that he developed in case the Justice League got out of control. And it's a great, great movie, and it's a really good comic, The Tower of Babel. But, um, Babel Babel, however you say it. But, um... That always feels more genuine to me than, like, Iron Man's alcoholism. It's like, really? Could you pick a different trope out of a hat, really? (laughs) Wasn't the point of Iron Man to be unsympathetic? Yes, it was. And that's kind of what makes him interesting. And to be perfectly honest, like... (laughs) Not just in the movies, by the way. This goes all the way back to Iron Man's inception. Yeah. Is Stan Lee wanted to make an unlikable hero likable. And that's where Iron Man came from. And, like, Iron Man is my favorite hero. Yep. Partly because I'm an asshole, and partly because Tony Stark is, like, literally everything I want to be, ever. (laughs) And that was just completely not the intent. Yeah. I don't want to be any of these people. Every time I watch these heroes and stuff, I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to do any of this. Um, That's one thing about the Justice League series that I've started noticing is as the cinematic universes start growing, the Mm -hmm. DC Extended Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as these things start coming out and we have more and more think pieces and videos made about the damage that gets done in these movies Mm -hmm. and how that's going to be a primary focus of Civil War, watching the Justice League cartoon, I've started feeling that when I didn't used to. Yeah. Um, I I didn't used to feel that when I watched just the cartoon. Now it's like every time they get thrown into a wall or, you know, thrown through a building, I'm just like, oh, property damage. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's a cartoon. You're not supposed to think about that, which probably explains why it's not for my age group. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, 22-year-old men are not meant to watch Justice League. (laughs) But... I, it's one of those things that I've started thinking about when I'm watching these cartoons, and I'm like, Ugh. and I think it's only because it's become such a focus mm-hmm. in pop culture. Think pieces and videos and all sorts of things. Idea Channel did a video about it. Yeah, that was I was about to bring that up. Yeah, it was it was pretty good too. I thought it was good as well. But yeah, that's not something we're supposed to think about. Like, yeah, these are supposed to be like. <sighs> Not personifications, but like it's supposed it's to fantasy. be fantasy. It's, it's fantasy. It's supposed to be the hero's journey. It's supposed yes. to make you, the viewer, feel empowered, even though you're not, and you know, make you feel special, yes. even though you're not. And that's and why everybody has a different favorite superhero, is because people identify with different characters and these characters that reflect themselves. Like some people mm-hmm. love, love, love the Flash, and it's either because they do a lot of crystal meth. Well, perhaps. <laughs> I wasn't going there. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the people that I've noticed that really identify with the Flash are either people who make jokes in in their life all the time, which is kind of the Flash's personality generally, or they're people who uh, are not. They're people who are very somber and they want that kind of brightness mm-hmm. in a hero. And and so people kind of identify with the hero that they want to identify with. People who identify with either Tony Stark or Batman probably are more about pursuing lots of material wealth and yes, a lot of income. Mm-hmm. Um, in both cases, probably, probably have, uh, issues with authority. They don't necessarily yeah. trust 
authority. They want to be their As own. Iron Man and Batman both don't trust authority. Yep. Uh, very well displayed, by the way, in Iron Man 2. Go back and watch that. If you haven't watched Iron Man 2 in a while, go back and watch Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is pretty good. It's amazing. And it the was, scenes... It's the, it was better than 1 and 3. I, I probably think 1 was better as a film. I think 2 is better as far as themes go. Okay. I think That's Iron fair. Man 1 is a perfect movie, as a movie. I think Iron Man 1, the plot is... Seamless. Mm-hmm. I, I can't find a plot hole in Iron Man 1. Um, one that m- is meaningful. Like, yeah, sometimes day turns to night too fast. Fuck yeah, it's production. I think... <laughs> I, I can't find a real plot hole in Iron Man 1. And the dialogue is wonderful. Uh, I think it's a perfect movie. I, as I far like, as the expectations of film go. I like the moral conflict of being a weapons developer that... Stark was completely unaware of and then is forced to confront because, like, the U.S. government has given weapons to ISIS. Is it ISIS or is it the Taliban? Almost every terrorist organization in the region since the 70s, we've been giving weapons to them. (laughs) Giving weapons to the drug lords in Mexico. Yes, exactly. You know, all this all this shit, and I really liked, um... I love the way it's represented in Iron Man 2, when he goes there and they're like, you have a weapon of mass destruction, we need to control you, and he's like, no, fuck you, I've successfully privatized world peace. And it's like, yes! I I, kind of, I love that bit of Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. Um, Iron Man 2 is weak in other places, but I think thematically, Iron Man 2 is super, super strong. Yeah, yep. Uh... What was the second Captain America movie? Winter Soldier. Winter my Soldier. God. Oh. That's probably my favorite Marvel film so far. That came out uh, around the same time as the Snowden leaks, didn't it? But... Very sim- very close. It w- The Snowden leaks were still on the mind of they, the populace. In the they were. Now. So, like, it had to go into production before all of that shit. And yeah. it just hit on all of the topics of the Snowden leaks. Exactly. And, like... This and, isn't and freedom, be, this is fear. To be perfectly and, honest, like the Snowden leaks only confirmed a social movement that was already growing. And it, and it confirmed suspicions that people already had. Well-founded suspicions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and all this was like, you know, you can't, we can't trust these people. Yeah. This organization we call government isn't doing what's best for us. I, uh, I shared a, a think piece with you about Batman v Superman. Yes, you did. And they were... Very good one, by the way, from the overthinking it crew. Yeah, from the overthinking it crew, which is like my favorite and probably the only like pop culture channel that I really follow. Yeah. Unless Idea Channel counts as, like, pop culture. I would say Idea Channel's more on the philosophy side of things, but, yeah. They're really the ones I follow. They did a really good think piece, and they were talking about how Batman in Batman v Superman isn't the Batman we know. Yes, it's not... It, it, it's what makes Batman, and what makes the Batman from BVS not quite Batman. Yeah, and one of the things they pointed out is in previous Batmans... There is some sense of normalcy that Batman is fighting to return to. Exactly. Some sense, some sense of justice where the political system is not corrupt, where they do their job, and where these villains are are reined in or whatever. Yes, and there's there's always the there's the sort of um, motivation, the, the kind of core motivation that what happened to me will never happen to another child ever, as yeah. long as I'm alive. Like there's a whole that's his core motivation. This and and the Batman and Batman v Superman isn't necessarily fighting to that. He's just 
Like, he kills people, he's yes. much darker than previous Batmans we've seen, which, you know, Batman has always m- been meant to be a little dark. Yeah. Um, and so they were talking about how, you know, these dudes are all older than us. Like, they're mid They're to all late mid to late 30. 30s now. They're in their 30s now? Yeah. The one has got to be late 20s. Who? The bigger dude? From overthinking it? Yeah. Which bigger dude? The Not the bearded one. Uh, so, okay, the bearded one would be Ryan Sheely. I don't I'm, know their names. I'm, I'm guessing you're not talking about the, the Asian. skinny one. One, the Mark skinny Lee. one is not who I'm talking about. Are you talking? You're not talking about the redhead, Matt Rather. No, Matt Belinky's a little heavier. Perhaps him. I don't know. I don't know these people. But <laughs> yeah, continue. I'm sorry. But yeah, so these people are all older, and so they're talking about how the younger generation, us, yes. and you know, people even younger than younger us. younger than us. Yeah, these are PG-13 films. Supposedly, teenagers are going to these movies. We don't have a government to trust. We don't have a sense yes. of normalcy to return yeah. to where the government is the good guy. And where Batman's faith and authority that he's had in some versions, not mm-hmm. all. Uh, but if you think back to like the Adam West Batman and mm-hmm. the Batman of the Silver Age, there's a huge trust in authority mm-hmm. that um, that's not really displayed. I believe in some of the 50s comics, Batman is deputized. And he has like an actual badge. Mm-hmm. Um, so there... The, that is a th- running theme in Batman. Of course, one of the things that I think is important to sort of mention and 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 remember is that our stories reflect our reality. Mm-hmm. So if we have a Batman that can't trust authority, we as a whole clearly don't trust authority because or this is the art that's reflecting our reality. There is at least some section of the populace, some yeah, exactly that doesn't trust authority. Yeah, yeah, and but yeah, but but we saw that in Batman v Superman, kind of if you overthink it, um, like overthinking it does. Yes, yeah, we saw that so much in Captain America: Winter Soldier, which I thought was amazing. Oh, it was so fantastic! I yes. loved that movie. So great, and I really hope they touch on that more in Civil War with the registration, also the stuff. I hope they touch more on Captain America doesn't want to register with the government because the government can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't make and, it all about Buck. Because one of the important things in the comic was that uh, Captain America's cause was sort of a libertarian one. It was sort of, no, we don't have to register. We shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And if they make it all about Bucky and Civil War, it'll still be good. But it will lose what I think is important, is an important political message that we really need today. Just, Just based on Winter Soldier, I trust them. To, to carry the, that message through. Yeah. The kind of libertarianism. Yeah. We don't have to register. Yeah. I, I am not nearly as familiar as the, with the comics as you are. In fact, I am not familiar with the comics. I, yeah. I, I am not a comic book person. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, to, to be frank, the Marvel movies are close enough to the comics, you probably don't have to be one. If you got that message from Captain America in Winter Soldier, that's kind of the message. I mean, and I think if you're reading into that movie, even on a shallow level, it's that's the message, is he's kind of a libertarian type of figure. This isn't freedom, this is fear. One of my favorite lines from that movie. Mm-hmm. I think highly applicable to society today. I uh, want to transition a little bit yeah. and hit on this libertarian theme. I want to run this by you. All right. Because I feel like you are probably more versed in the Star Wars universe than I am. Uh, based on previous discussion, I would agree. Like, I've seen the movies, but I haven't really read any of the extended universe stuff. Like, I need to. It interests me a ton. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. Well, like... the universe has been rebooted. Yeah. So, the extended universe, per se, isn't the Legends universe anymore. There's only a f- There's only some comments. Comics and a couple novels out. So I mean, I'd still that want would to, be the time to start. I think. Yeah, yeah. So there is a an idea floating around. I saw two blog posts linked. I only got the opportunity to read one of them. Yeah. That the good trilogy 
series is all there. Like, everything we needed for the trilogies to be good is present. Okay. It's it's extra stuff that ruined it. And so... That ruined... The trilogies. Uh, the prequels? The pre... Or, yeah, sorry, the prequels. Yes. Yeah. okay. My bad, bro. I've not had a whole lot to eat today. You're this good. alcohol is hitting me heavy early. I feel <laughs> Yeah, um, the prequels. The prequels ha- had everything they needed to be good. Yes. But there was some extra stuff thrown in. Uh, and a lot of people complain about the amount of politics in the prequels, making it so boring and a slog. Well, this this wasn't even that. This wasn't like Jar Jar Binks is ruined everything. Yeah. So here, here was the tenet of this theory. Um... What the Jedi Order wants is not balance. No. What they want is control. Yeah. And so what they do is they pick Anakin out of a slave lifestyle and pluck him into their slave lifestyle mm-hmm. and their indoctrination. <clears throat> and what would have made the prequels good is if Anakin's turn to the dark side was on a more libertarian basis like yeah. li- he, the this particular person argued that um siths were somewhat libertarian they um, were kind of siths are sort of existentialists and and see i had this conversation with steven and he was like oh, it doesn't really hold up with like a lot of the books about the sith and the extended which is true universe. the the sith also want control the sith uh, ran a fascist empire in the Old Republic. And they developed a fascist empire later. Well, so, so here's the thing. We're not there yet. Okay. Alright. Well, so bring it back. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. To right. Anakin's decision to turn. Yeah. So the Jedi are all about suppressing your emotions. You can't love. Mm-hmm. You can't do all this stuff. And the Sith are like, use your feelings. You know, that's, yeah. that's who you are. Use that power to do whatever. You know, it's yeah. not this Jedi Order enforcing, enforcing these laws on these, people it's a more libertarian mindset at its philosophy yeah, and then a little bit of hedonism sprinkled in there yeah he went on that was unnecessary continue <laughs> he went on to argue that this actually makes the original trilogy stronger because then Anakin sees the rise of this Sith empire and so his betrayal of Palpatine and is more it, back it's to more impactful. His, Anakin's libertarian roots. Yes. Almost. That, I can absolutely see that. And and we also see in later extended universe stuff, not of course none of this is canon anymore, but I hope they stick to it, this kind of characterization. We see that Luke in the new Jedi Order creates sort of that that uh type of organization. He doesn't keep with the rules of the Jedi Order. He says fuck well, it. I if mean, you want to love, love. If uh, his he kind of develops this sort of... It's sort of an overwhelming positivity of the organization. I have... Again, I'm not familiar with extended universe stuff, but arguably, as far as I am uh, educated, Luke was never taught any of the original Jedi Order stuff. Not much. He was given a little bit by Yoda and a little bit by Obi-Wan, but as far as I know, and I don't know everything, there's hundreds of books, um, as far as I know, he was never told the explicit rules of the Jedi Order as displayed in the prequels. Yeah, which really is completely where the Jedi Order goes wrong, is all the stuff in the prequels. Yeah, like, the, I think the Jedi Order is as much the villain in the prequels as as Palpatine. 
Um, yeah, I, I agree. I've had this thought, is that the Jedi Order did nothing good for anybody outside of, you know, uh, they, they allowed themselves to be manipulated first off, when they were clearly being manipulated. Anyone could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had these draconian rules mm-hmm. that, uh, which, again, is why I think Qui-Gon is such an important character, mm-hmm. is because Qui-Gon is the type of Jedi that kind of eschews those rules to a certain extent. Um, not as much as Luke does later on, mm-hmm. of course, eschewing him without knowing them. But uh, Qui Gon is sort of the type of dude that's like, eh, yeah, but it just seems right, you know. And so he kind of goes after that rather than uh, keeping with these hard and fast laws of the Jedi Code, mm-hmm. uh, which I think again led to the ultimate downfall of the Jedi and the rise of the Sith is the Jedi Code. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to love people. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, like. And, and Qui-Gon never took it that far, but Anakin sure did. And because he, he only ever knew this duality, he mm-hmm. only ever knew this, uh, this sort of, um, absolutist path of fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side. Um, he, he never was taught that fear can be a good thing. Fear, uh, can, can help you. You can, you can be helped by fear without becoming angry and, and, and spiteful. And he was never taught any of this because the Jedi were so afraid of emotion. Yep. And that led to the downfall of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, one of the, actually the first, um, what the fuck is that channel that we opened with? Wisecrack. Wisecrack, first yeah. Wisecrack video you showed me was the philosophy of Inside Out, which talks about how... Yes. Joy is the antagonist in Inside Out, not the joy, protagonist. Joy as the villain. Or yes, uh, that that is correct terminology. She's yeah. she's the villain, not the antagonist, yeah. because she's arguably the villain protagonist. Yeah, she's the protagonist, but she's uh, a villain as well. Yeah, and you know this idea that like this pers- mindless pursuit of joy or happiness um, is, is not healthy, yeah. and it's what leads. To a lot of uh, psychological issues. Yeah, social and also the, mental issues. Yeah. The, yeah, mental issues. This inability to cope with things that aren't yeah. joyful. Because you're told because you're told when something bad happens, just put on a happy face. No. Perhaps you should accept that it's a bad thing and let that inform your actions. And your action should, of course, be to resolve the bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can. If you can't, perhaps your action should be to be okay with the bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's sort of the old, you know, uh, the what, what, whatever the old prayer is that's like the uh, strength to change the things I can, uh, whatever about the other thing, and the, the wisdom to the difference. I am familiar with that. Most people are. People who but are I, listening. I can't sure no recall it. Yeah, I don't know the full text of it, but um, it's sort of that same idea, is that that's the way that you live a, a healthy life. Not necessarily a happy one, because sometimes things are shit and you have to realize that. Yeah. But a healthy life is one where it's sort of like a zen type of mentality, where it's like, yeah, sometimes things go bad and sometimes things are great, but, you know, you, you recognize the difference and, you, you know, you try to make the bad things better, and if you can't, well, maybe it's just a bad thing. Yeah, be mindful of it. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's very important. I think that's something a lot of people don't do. I think a lot of people think that there's a right to happiness. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that they're entitled to happiness, and that's simply not the way the universe works. <laughs> yeah. No, you are correct. Um. All right, man. Well, my drink is empty. Yours Mine's is not quite yet. Not quite, but it's close. Yeah, so uh, I say we take a break. Let's take a break. All right, we'll be right back.
We are back we're with back. Uh, Drinky Files. How are we doing? We're, yeah, we're, um, hey. What? Hey! Hey! You! I don't like Get your girlfriend. Get back! No! <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> and I actually said it wrong. It's get off my cloud, but you fucked up worse. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm channeling my inner Canadian. As you should be. I'm sorry. As you should be. It's okay. Um. It's okay. Fuck. This person has another video that's that's undress me. Or I guess people undress each other. That's interesting. I love these kind of experiments. I pulled up the video for uh, First Kiss. Yeah, you want to jump in uh, with this? Yeah, yeah. I, you'll only be able to hear the audio. It's not going to be super cool, but uh, it's by Tatia. I assume Pileva. that's Pileva. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, press and play. You have nice eyes. <laughs> Let's look at each other for a second. Okay. Okay. People are just kissing, kissing now. Tell that you didn't have to face so your mother. Music to the kissing. Yeah. Without saying goodbye. People are getting into it, dude. Without saying goodbye. Some of them. As they were probably instructed to, frankly. Some of them looked kind of awkward about it. Oh, of course it's awkward. These people are strangers. They don't know each other. Okay. But we move on to the end of it. That was a good one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> have less to color with me now, don't I? Yes. Let's love for me. Let's love love. Let's love now. The video is a bit more affecting than just the audio. That was fascinating, though. Isn't it? It's, I mean, you see common themes. It's kind of awkward. All right, we've got to do this. Yeah. We, we sign up to kiss strangers. Let's kiss a stranger. And then they kiss. Mm -hmm. it, you know, the one guy was, I like your eyes, or you have nice eyes, or whatever. He, like, offered a compliment to, like... Get break it going, the ice break a the bit. ice. And the other guy was very receptive to it. He was super cool with it. And um, then... And then there's this kind of weird... Like, some of them get really into it. Some of them get less into it. Yeah, some I of them are just straight tongue-kissing, just like tonsil hockey, badass, like, going for it. I like other that. Other people are a little bit more reserved. That one, she broke it off and was like, I'm sorry, that was so good. Like, she's now diffusing the situation with humor. Exactly. Which tells you that... She enjoyed it, but the awkwardness didn't completely go away. Yeah, like she, yeah, she was yeah. still uncomfortable about it. I agree. Um, but there's like a weird inf like people are just like where I where I freeze frame that actually didn't mean to, but this these people are just kind of looking at each other straight in the eyes and kind of laughing about what just happened. Post yeah, post kiss, just like you know, I I think I really like this video, and there's a couple of others that uh, that uh, this uh, Tatia Piliva has done. Apparently, there's one called "Undress Me," where I assume strangers undress each other, which would probably be weird. Um, yeah, that doesn't quite have the same personal intimacy. Like, it is intimate, intimate. There's no extra N there, Brian. <laughs> intimate, but not quite as personal I agree. in this weird it way. It seems a little bit more... Because there's more distance, I think. I, I think removing other people's clothing... It, it is sexual. 
It is very, it is highly sexual. But it's, it's kind of a raw sexuality almost. I would like, say it's like a less developed kind of sexuality. Like it's more, it's, it's a more shallow kind of sexuality. Yeah. Where kissing is, is incredibly intimate. And I mean, you're. Well, because you are involved. Exactly. When you are kissing both, someone. Both parties are involved and heavily involved. And if you're going to do it well, you have to pay attention and you but, have to be uh, present and, you know. You can undress someone and someone can undress you. And there is not the same connection I agree. quite there. I think you're absolutely correct. The, uh, so I doubt that one is as good, frankly. Um, yeah. That one has... It still has 38 million views. Yeah. If you round up 39, but... This one's got over a million, dude. 100 million. 100 million. It's Fuck. got over 110 million. Fuck. As someone who uses YouTube, that crushes me. But... Um, <laughs> No, it's 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 good. It's a very very good video. It's really it's interesting in all the right ways, mm -hmm. and it it kind of says something. There's there's an element of social commentary, and I don't know how shitty the comment section actually gets on it. Oh, I'm sure it gets incredibly shitty. We should not browse the comments. I'm just scrolling for a second. Yeah, I don't find anything too shitty, and I've scrolled a couple times. Um, mm, mouth herpes. <laughs> gotta love it. God damn it. Hashtag wrecked. Yeah. Well, I did some reading. You can really only pick up Simplex 1 when you're young. So. I did some... For reasons I did reading. Okay. Uh-huh. But the herpes virus that's that leads to mouth herpes can mm -hmm. really only been pick, be picked up when you're young. Um, not only, I shouldn't say that, but it's most likely to be picked up when you're young. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to pull that up because we talked about it. Um, what did you have to say? You said you had another story to tell. Yeah, I actually have two stories. There, there weren't things I wanted to do in the first segment of the show because it's not like what I've been up to. Yeah. But it's stories that I think are interesting and relevant to this, this show. So, uh, gonna go in, in chronological order. Okay. Have I told you, I know I haven't told the listeners, but have I told you about the first time I drank? Maybe, but I don't remember. All right. Not that I wasn't listening, but probably just that you we were probably also drunk. We had the conversation most likely over drinks. Probably. And that's probably why I wouldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I had alcohol and was uh, uh, back when I lived in, in Springtown. Okay. And I think I, I mentioned this, like, Springtown, population 2000, has the highest teen pregnancy rate per capita in Texas. Wow. And... That's saying something. That is saying something, because Texas has a pretty high teen pregnancy rate. Yeah. Gotta thank that abstinence-only sex ed. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so... That's the biggest crock of shit. I'm not even gonna get into that. Continue. <laughs> we've gotten into it before. We have. Um, yeah, so a friend of mine uh, was... He was in one of those families, like, he got kicked out of his mom's house when he was 17... Or, technically, it was his grandmother's house. Yeah. And so, at that point, he came to live with us. He had his, his first apartment when he was 19, um, just working retail. Like, he made enough to pay for his apartment. Yeah. Um, and such. Uh, Probably just barely. I've worked those jobs. Yeah, just just barely. Um, had roommates who were over 21. Yeah. And his girlfriend's dad would actually buy them alcohol. That's rare, but okay. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, this fucking, like, hillbilly country. Yeah, okay. Um, so I went over to his apartment not too soon after he had moved in, and his girlfriend was there, and I was staying the night with him. We'd planned to stay the night or whatever and just hang out and chill. 
So his girlfriend shows up with a bottle of 151. 151 rum? 151 rum. Pineapple juice and Malibu? Caribou. Make them all numb. Make baby girl come. Out of... Her shell. And raise hell. And raise hell. Don't stop till the cops come. Yes. You just pulled up Ringtown on G-Maps. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get some geographical... Uh... It's northwest of Fort Worth. Yeah, I just wanted to get some geographical... It context. is right on 199. Yeah, okay. Um, Continue. Yeah, so so we have 151, and because this is like a, a high school dude who, mind you, had dropped out of high school and was working retail, had no money, and his roommates were basically in the same boat. Um, no mixers. Okay, so you're just doing shots of 151. The first time I drank was shots of 151. Oh! <laughs> no! What is this terrible idea? This is this terrible idea is high schoolers getting drunk. Like every high schoolers getting drunk story is a terrible a idea. Terrible idea. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So uh <coughs> wrong pipe. We have a problem. I have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a drinking problem. And he was drinking water, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't really have anywhere to go with that particular story. You were just doing shots of 151? Just fucking well, shots I remember when we did 151. 151 on the show was the first time I'd ever had 151. Oh, yeah? We did Caribou Lose. Mm-hmm. What episode was that? Uh... Was it, uh... 11? No, it wasn't 11. Uh, it was after that. It would have been 12? No, 12? it wasn't 12. It wasn't Twitter.church. No, Steven was on that one. It was the one with my sister... Uh, uh yeah, it was ten. Number ten. Are, are yeah. we Satan? Are we Satan? Okay, okay. Continue. Turns out we actually are Satan. Yeah. Um, uh, we I think we landed on that, didn't we? No, we landed on we weren't. Oh, did we? We did episode five on Halloween, not episode six. And I think the oh, requisite for us okay. being Satan was doing episode six on Halloween. Well, we are Satan, and uh, we also love receiving. So that's important to say. I think I love receiving. Is it opening? It opened. It played. Oh, I was watching okay, it. I was going to come in as soon as it finished, and then you interrupted it. I apologize. That's my bad. Uh, I'm a uh, again bad, bad pod, bad podcaster. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, if you if you take a good shot, like when I when I turned 21, I went over. Define good. Like, um, a Jaeger bomb is a good shot. Oh, agreed. Yes. A buttery nipple is a good shot. Those are the only good shots I've had. Never had one. Never had a buttery nipple. Buttery but nipples do, are pretty good. I, I like a Jaeger bomb. I I love me a Jaeger bomb. It's good stuff. I don't I don't like Red Bull. I love me a Jaeger bomb. God damn. Yeah, it's crazy. God damn. And and Jaeger bomb by Jaeger bomb you're talking about Jaeger and Red Bull. Jaeger and Red uh, Bull. Some people do it with beer. That to me sounds like a terrible plan. But, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I do. Jaeger and Red Bull <clears throat> is the Jaeger bomb that I enjoy. Um, have you ever had an alien brain hemorrhage? Never have, but good I've shot. seen them made on on Tipsy Bartender. Oh, so good! They're so good. Yeah. They look cool. Yep. And they taste fantastic. Um, I had a story somewhere. I was. Oh yeah. So when you do a good shot, mm -hmm. like. There's some flavor there. Like, I am absolutely not about drinking alcohol to get drunk. Yes. I 
I am about drinking alcohol because it fucking tastes good. You can yeah, make some yeah. delicious drinks. Well, just like and the scotches we get on here. We, I mean, we've kind of, for the last, what was it, three episodes we yeah. on Scott? No. The one before the last one was when me and Stephen were drinking vodka and some stuff and different vodkas and different stuff. But uh, Whis- Whiskey is a recurring theme on this podcast. It is. We, we drink whiskeys a lot. And uh, they're I'm, generally good. They are. They're generally good. Whiskey or, or whiskey cocktails mm-hmm. that are that are pretty good. Old fashions, Manhattans, yes. um, uh, bourbon did, sours or yeah, whiskey yeah, sours. Whiskey sours. We did martinis, which is not a whiskey. That's not whiskey. But it's That's a cocktail. Gin. I think you should drink alcohol because it is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And if you don't enjoy it, don't drink it. Yeah, and frankly, there's there's something to be said about kind but, of loosening up a little bit and, and stuff like that. But I don't really get pukey drunk ever. I I do, um, because I think there are. This is just fucking chasing rabbits at this point, but I don't care um, <laughs> because I do have a story I want to get back to. But okay, um, for alcohol specifically, I think there are at least off the top of my head at least two ways um, that you can. Enjoy the alcohol you're drinking. One of them is the one I just mentioned. The, the flavor is good. You have a mm-hmm. drink that you enjoy drinking. The other one is because I have done alcohol shots and just alcohol that I didn't enjoy the flavor of. Yeah. But I enjoyed the company. Yeah, and absolutely. I enjoyed setting. So, like, there was one time I did vodka shots with Steven. And. I was going to use Stiff House as, as an example. That, absolutely, because I know I don't like vodka. I knew I was not going to enjoy those shots. That was not about enjoying the alcohol as a drink. It was about that was about enjoying the company of Steven friends, you know? and yeah, hanging yeah. out and chilling, enjoying the social contest. Yeah, that's the same reason I've done tequila shots. Mm-hmm. The only time I've ever done tequila shots is at Stiff House with mm-hmm. four other people, yep. or three other people minimum, yeah. <laughs> when we've done tequila shots. And it's just because, you know, there's something about doing a tequila shot with your buddies. It's like, it's a... It's fun. Yeah, it's, it is You fun. enjoy it. There, there is some kind of weird bonding experience there. I agree. And I think it's true that, you know, you hear a lot of people who are talking to high school students, stuff like that, uh, people who are not of age, saying, like, you don't have to drink to have fun, all this stuff. And that's totally true. You well, don't. I mean, just like teetotalers. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to drink to have fun. But that is not... The but notion the that the fun you, you have when you're drinking is a yes, different kind of fun. Agreed. The the two are not mutually exclusive. Just because you don't have to drink to have fun doesn't mean that you can't have fun when you drink or that drinking cannot be fun. Yeah. The it, it totally can and in many cases is, uh, unless you reach the point of abuse or use that yep. is unhealthy. Yep. Um which I think you and I both are on firmly on the right side of. Uh, the only times I drink anymore are an evening when I'm super stressed and stuff, mm-hmm. or when I'm, you know, doing and this. And I think teetotalers are more about, like, they don't like the idea of being at a party and doing stupid, irresponsible shit with a ton of other people. Yeah. As someone who has done that, that is a kind of fun. I agree. And, I think and it is a fun that I enjoy rarely. When you're with a group of people, especially a group of people that you trust and who are friends... I think is important. But as now, well. hang on. You're getting into different territory because I, I am. I want. I, am, I want absolutely. to go there next. Oh, okay. What, what I'm talking about is like our Halloween party. Yeah, where yeah. 
Jake and I, in particular, got drunk off our ass. Like, w- one of my few memories of that party is rolling, literally rolling on the floor laughing. Yes. That's something that yes. honestly probably wasn't, wasn't that, that funny. funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I watched I watched two dudes yeah. in drag give our gay friend a lap dance. Yes, yes. Crazy shit happened at that party, and it was a brand of fun that I enjoy. It was so Again, much fun. Rarely, I didn't get as drunk as you and Jake got. I don't think, but no, I I still got a little drunk, and I and I had fun, and I was loose, and I was. It's one of the few you, times that I've ever spoken to strangers. Yeah, you you have these weird. They're not intimate, but they're like personal conversations exactly. with people that you haven't met before, and you you yeah, get to. Yeah. No people, and that's where I think you were starting to go, and I I wanted to go after this. Is that yes, yes. then there is another kind of fun you have when you drink, which is this weird kind of like everyone loosens up a little bit. Yes, and you're close, and this helps you just break those kind of weird social barriers and get just a little bit closer. I agree, like, and I and there's there's something to be said for playing like a game, drinking or something. Like mm-hmm, you're talking about Jenga. Mm-hmm. There's something you said for like uh, breaking down those those social implied barriers to human connection yep. where yep. like if if we're sitting around playing cards against humanity or something like that um a card that somebody plays and we've talked about cards against humanity before how you know after a while you tend to get bored with it because you know all the cards and all yep. sort of stuff but yep. there's something about it where sometimes somebody plays a card that sparks a story mm-hmm. and somebody will play a card like uh i don't know i'm sure there's a card having to do with queefing and somebody who's had just enough to drink might tell a story about one time this happened in Queef, or one time, or uh, I had a girlfriend who did this one time, and it can it you you can kind of tell these stories that are intimate and personal. And again, this is with a group of friends that you trust. This yes. isn't among mixed company. Um, you can kind of tell these stories that sort of let people know things about you and let people know that. Yeah, we've all had experiences mm-hmm. that are interesting and embar- or embarrassing or whatever. That's just it makes you feel a little more human. Yep. Because when we're trying to yep. follow social conventions, we always feel a little bit like automatons. Like, yep. Absolutely. What, uh, what do I say? What's appropriate? How how do I word this? And when that barrier's Let gone, me put on my happy face and pretend like nothing's wrong. Exactly. And... Or when, but when that barrier's gone, exactly like you said, you can talk about more personal things mm-hmm. like. Not mm-hmm. not just funny experiences or embarrassing ones. Like you can get into really important discussions with people about uh, about mental health and mm-hmm. also if you've been through something. You and I have had some great conversations on this podcast about mental health. Exactly, and and, and things that I probably wouldn't have been as open about had I not been imbibing imbibing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We Same generally here. don't get blackout drunk on this show. No. But um we 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 imbibe, we get loose, we talk about shit, you know, that that ISO, that <laughs> hilarious lovely ISO that's so great only happened because we were drinking. I doubt you would have said that sentence if we hadn't been drinking. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I mean maybe because we're both shameless shameless people who will say anything. <laughs> but uh I think there's Something important about strengthening that human connection mm-hmm. when when drinking and stuff. And again, you don't have to drink to have fun. No, you don't. But that doesn't make drinking not fun. And especially depending on, upon the company that you're with, as we've been saying. Yep. Yep. Uh, was yep. that the second story? No, that was the first story. Still. Oh, okay. Well, what's the second one, dude? Uh, I was going to wrap that one up. Okay. I was just going to give our listeners a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Good shots 
are good. They are things. Wow, we're you going enjoy. all the way back to this. Okay, all continue. the way back to this, and then I'll and then I'll move on. All right, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just didn't know. You were have a, have a butter nipple. Have a Jaeger bomb. Yo, you yeah. will enjoy it. Jaeger bombs especially, especially if you if you're the kind of person who likes liquor. Mm-hmm. Um, a Jaeger bomb is an excellent shot. Don't do shots of 151. Don't because my friend, my friend at least had the foresight to do one first to tell me what to expect because he knew it was going to suck. <laughs> that is a good friend. And he he had the the infinite wisdom to say it's kind of like a nuclear bomb going off in your stomach. Like yes. you feel it hit and then there's just this like mushroom cloud feeling of miserable burning warmth that wells up within you. Yes. And that's most likely your body attempting to reject the shit that you've just <laughs> thrust <laughs> upon it. <laughs> or noticing that you basically just like drink uh rubbing alcohol out of exactly. the bottle. And you you're have, not supposed to do that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is pure ethanol. Drink it. <laughs> but yeah, so so my second story was is another first. That okay. involves alcohol. Now, Wonderful. I want to apologize. This story involves a little bit of setup to not be offensive. Okay. Well, okay. go go for it, dude. So, back... Um, actually, no. In the lab again, young lads getting bad with the pad and pen. Homie, coach up. Fabulous fabric bling. Shows people got a fashion sense. That'll... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is going to know that song. If you listen to this episode and you know that song, please email me and we can be best friends. Because that's back from my childhood, from a from an album of Christian hip-hop. <laughs> that I had. that? I have no idea. Because that sounds kind of like Keep a Lecrae lyric. Keep setting up and I'll Google it. Alright, alright. The problem is I don't know where to start this setup. Okay. So, we have heard talk on before on this podcast that I identify as asexual. I actually have recently started identifying as a little bit on the asexual side um, because I honestly think once once I lose the V-card, once I have sex for the first time yes. and gain that little bit of confidence that I will probably just be hetero. Okay. One sort of, the, of develop a, a, a stronger, not necessarily stronger, but more of a... Uh, more of a, um, I guess, a stronger sexuality that's that's uh, more geared toward sex itself yeah. than toward not sex itself. Yeah, yeah. What? And of course, I don't fucking know. But hypothesis. I think one of the reasons I identify as asexual is because of the just fantastically incredible, always present. Um, uh, fuck words. How do the, how, how do how do words? Um, abstinence only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Education I was taught, and yes, there was a time in my youth where like ah whatever I would have had sex, and then shit happened, and that kind of became ingrained, and like it's not for moral reasons now. I think yes. literally like that was just ingrained. In me, this to this the point that you don't only... really feel the desire. Yeah, yeah, and which is which is okay on the one hand, and on the one hand, kind of sad. But mm-hmm. uh, it's mostly, I, I think, more than kind of sad. It's just okay. It's like yeah. it, I mean, if you don't have the desire to, there are plenty of people who are asexual for not that reason. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who are asexual Absolutely. just because they just don't feel it. Yeah, and that's okay. And you know what? Maybe I am that. Maybe I'll have sex the first time and be like, 
okay, whatever. Yeah, and just that keep wasn't on going. So great. And it happens. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, it's not and you, the thing is, I don't know. Okay. Just because it's not the average doesn't make it weird or wrong. Yeah. That's here's and I have gotten over this, but historically, that also manifested itself as being incredibly. What's the opposite of liberal? Conservative. Conservative, yeah. Sexually. Like, back in my teenage days, identifying as a Christian, incredibly repressed, yeah. I probably was a homophobe. Um, okay. If you've grown up in that culture, you can say that. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing, is like anyone who's grown up in that culture has that same background. Okay. Where it takes thought and processing yep. to get past a certain extent, amount of homophobia that at one point you considered normal. Yep. Yep. And, and even right. Uh, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, it's so, nothing, it shows personal growth. So I was at the very least incredibly sexually conservative and, um, sexually liberal things, which I'm completely fine with now just completely messed me up. Do you mean, um... Because this is a very interesting topic. Do you mean, uh, like, like, uh, just homophobia, or do you mean, like, kinks? I just mean anything sexual. Like, at all. I was that sexually So rep- beyond that, repressed. it's like... It's like, ooh, so you, like, put your, you put your dick in a vagina? That's gross. Like, basically, that kind of thing. Basically. Uh, of so, course, I'm simplifying it to an extreme degree, but... This is not relevant to the story, but I I think it, it proves the the point of, like, where I was. Um, my first year that I went to KOLCon in Phoenix, the thing okay. I, I go to in, in Phoenix, um, at that point, I still was a Christian, and I still kind of had these, all these views. That mindset. That mindset. So, um, I flew in on a Friday night and just hung out, played some game, or, sorry, yeah. Thursday night. Friday night, we did the first official event, and then, uh, the guy I stayed with took me to a party. Okay. And so we showed up at this... Now, was this a party party or a kickback? This was a party party. <laughs> Hang on. I am getting there. Because this this party broke me in a way that probably, like, fundamentally influences who I am now. Like, this is probably a formative event in my life. Uh, this, this particular party. All right. So I am still, like, everything I have just described... Buying an album is a formative event in my life. There I was am. a specific album mm-hmm. that I bought that's a formative event in my life. So this kind of thing is not abnormal. And if people are too scared... There was a spider on the wall. If people are too scared to admit that little things can be formative events in their life... I'm not convinced this is even little. All right? All right. It was that influential? It was this influential. That's awesome. Like, this party probably is the reason that I have continued to go to Phoenix. Like, because the first year I went, it was just to meet some dudes who did a podcast, and then I was cool. This party is probably the reason I I went back. Okay. Okay. So, we show up at this house. This house is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest, my Phoenix geography all that well, but... If I remember correctly, this is, like, way the hell north of Phoenix proper. Okay. Like, out in the middle of nowhere. It was literally an hour drive from where we were staying to get to this place. We show up at this, the nicest house I have ever been in. Probably one of the nicer houses I've ever seen. Like, MTV Cribs level house. Wow. That these, vacation house that these people rented in Phoenix. Wow. Um, it had an infinity pool. If you don't, don't know what that means, go look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not it's the pool. It You've probably seen it. It's the pool where the water runs off an edge. Yeah, it runs off off an edge. It had an infinity pool. All right, we walk in the front door of this house. We didn't even bother knocking or ringing the doorbell or whatever. Like it was that kind of party. We literally opened the door and walked into this house we'd never been in before. 
and it has this, in my memory, it probably wasn't actually this long, but like, the way you remember things, it had the longest entryway. Yeah. And so we're walking in but this that entryway. that could have been, if you were anxious or nervous about it, it could just seem yeah. like the longest entryway. Oh, and ever. I was super anxious. Yeah. Alright, and there was this four-way intersection, and to the right was the kitchen, to the left was the bedrooms, and straight ahead of, you know, behind us was the door, straight ahead of us was the common area and the pool. Yes. A guy walked... I want to see this fucking house. This sounds badass. It was... Oh, it is literally the coolest <laughs> house I have ever seen. This guy walks completely naked just across the intersection in front of us. Yeah. Like, hairy balls hanging out, no... Nothing on. Just totally just nude. completely, completely nude. And at that moment, I, I knew what kind of party I was in for. Like, yeah, I'm sure I just so. Knew. If there's somebody nonchalantly walking naked in front of you, yeah, probably. And at that moment, I broke. Okay. Like, just fundamentally. And so we walk out into the common area. We walk out the, like, double-wide sliding glass doors, like, literally Tony Stark-style Iron Man 2, just glass all the way across the back yeah. house. We walk out the doors into the pool, and, like, half the people are naked, half are half-naked, just yeah. hanging out. There's literally a hot tub completely full of, like, 20 just naked people, like, and people just everywhere. What this was the ratio, because this interests me for, I'm not going to lie, this interests me because it could be sexy and also because of certain sociological reasons. Okay, the it ratio, wasn't sexy. Okay, no, the ratio <laughs> of men to women who were naked or partially naked. Um, About even, or? If we're doing it... Uh, I think, okay, if you look at the, the ratio of men who were naked versus not, and the ratio of women who were naked versus not, That's I think... probably a better way to break it down statistically anyway. I think more women statistically were naked than, than men, not. but th I think there were more men at the party, so, like, it kind of balanced out, if you look overall, naked Whereas, like, versus not Whereas, like, half the women naked. and half the men, kind of, or a certain... Certain ratio. I would of say like seventy-five percent of the women were naked. Where like fifty percent of the men were naked. Okay. But it just kind of worked itself out. So like fifty percent of people were naked and fifty percent weren't. Okay, that makes sense to me. That's good. Um, that I had to work really hard on that. No, it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Uh, that's probably a better way to break it down anyway. Yeah. So so I spent this party like not quite curled up in the fetal position. But close but to But effectively it. curled up in the fetal position. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I was away from everyone as much as I could be. Like, there were these two, two girls, uh, who actually are, I'm, one of them I'm really good friends with now, one of them I haven't seen since then, uh, who just kept coming to check on me, because like, I was clearly not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just like, well, away. This is a brand new experience for you. Oh, completely brand new. Yeah. And so, so I think that informs, hopefully, the story I'm, I'm trying to tell. Yeah. Uh, because the story I'm trying to tell actually happened before this. Okay. So that was your setup. This, yeah, this is, and again, I apologize at the beginning for all the setup <laughs> that has to go into this story. No, that's a good story. So that it's I actually want to make a point, though, before you move on to your, to the actual story. I want to make a point. This is the kind of party that I would totally go to and have a great fucking time. Oh, see, I'd love... I've I've been to similar party since, not quite on this scale. There weren't as many people yep, there, but yep. similar party since, and enjoyed the hell out of it. I've never been to a party where public nudity was acceptable. And that is something that I'm kind of sad about, 
Because, of course, now that I'm in, like, a committed relationship, I don't know that I would go to that kind of party. Mm -hmm. But I wish that I had, if ever I had the chance, though I never really did, because Mm -hmm. I was always very socially awkward. Mm -hmm. I didn't like new experiences, and I didn't like hanging out with new people. Yeah. But I've never been to a party where that kind of thing was acceptable. Looking back at my life, I wish I had. The closest I ever got was bras thrown at me when I was on stage in high school. So Here's the thing. I am by far the youngest person at these parties. Okay. Like, the median age is probably mid-30s. Yeah. Like, the ma- the overwhelming majority of people at these parties are early 30s to in their 40s. So what you're saying is... These, these people are comfortable. They are not yeah. insecure teenagers. So what you're saying is, I've still got a chance. You've still got a chance. You just have to give it a few years. Excellent. Maybe I can set my girlfriend into going. It can be a party. It can be a, it can be a party. It would be a party. It could be a great time. Um, okay, continue. Yeah, so that kind of highlights going in the kind of repressed, uncomfortable with sexuality that I was. All right. Oh, okay. So that was just to kind of illustrate how uh, uncomfortable and repressed you were at the time. Yeah, because okay. if I don't set that up, this story becomes phenomenally offensive. Okay. All right. Continue then. All right. So for an English thing, I went with uh, some friends of mine. An English crowd would not have that kind of party. <laughs> Actually, they would. You would be surprised. I would. I. You know what? Okay. I take your word for it. <laughs> um, I went with some friends of mine and. We stayed the weekend in Austin, um, and, you know, one day we did the Ingress event, and then it was just to hang out and do whatever. Was this recent? No, this was a couple years ago. Okay. I think I remember Steven going to the Austin Anomaly. Am I remembering wrong? There have been multiple Austin Anomalies. Okay, all right, continue. I'm probably remembering wrong wrong then. So this was about a little, uh, probably about three years ago. (laughs) Bless you. I am sorry. Continue. So, so we did the thing on Saturday, and I don't know if it was... <laughs> it spiked. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. That totally spiked the waveform to a point that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> so, it was uh, a guy's birthday while we were there, and we decided we were going to celebrate his, his birthday. But we're in Austin, and we're not from around there, so like there are plenty of great places to go in Austin, and we know none of them. <laughs> So we do dinner at Chili's, and then we're like, all right, we want to go to a bar. Our our waiter at Chili's was incredibly effeminate, incredibly, hom- like, obviously homosexual. Yeah. And so we are looking on Yelp and Google Maps trying to find a bar to go to, what and would we be just described, can't. What would be described by uh, studio executives who are making a four-camera... Uh, uh, sitcom as flamboyantly gay. He was flamboyantly gay. Okay. If he hadn't had to have been in his Chili's work clothes, like, I'm convinced he would have been fabulous. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. and I don't mean that derogatorily, like... Well, we this... have a friend of the show who's very gay and comfortable with it, and so, yeah, we're not assholes. No. No. <laughs> um, and so, finally, we gave up trying to look online for a bar, and so we asked this guy, this guy like, we're new in town... Is there a bar that you can recommend? Did I just describe him as flamboyantly gay? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Okay, our friend, our friend is not flamboyantly gay. No, he is but, just uh, gay. in my mind, I just inserted the word flamboyantly, and I don't know if I said that or not because it's not true. No, <laughs> you didn't. He's not he's, flamboyant. He's gay and comfortable with it, and so and we're he's not. A, he's just a dude. In my mind, I inserted the word flamboyantly, and I didn't want to be an asshole. 
So I, I, I just wasn't sure what I said. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, so this guy is just, in case we couldn't know, he's like, well, I can recommend a gay bar. And so this guy whose birthday it is like, I don't care. I just want to go get drunk. Like, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. I, I don't care about your sexuality. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, actually, this bar right next door, like, it's in walking distance. Like, it's fantastic. The bartenders there are great. They know their stuff. They have yeah. theme nights. It's probably offensive that I'm doing this fey voice, but... You're doing a little bit of a fey voice, but I imagine it's accurate. It, it was pretty accurate, and, like, I yeah. don't mean to make fun of that. That's fine if that's who you are. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, but that's but that's how it sounded. And that's how it sounded. Yeah. So, we're like, cool. So, we walk across the street to this gay bar, and it is drag queen karaoke night. I think that'd be, like the like, the most awkward night to go to a gay bar. I mean, I wouldn't mind it now. But you just heard the story I told. Yes. Like, I locked up. I was not okay. Me, personally, <laughs> even not being homophobic as I am, I still wouldn't be comfortable going to a gay bar at a heavily themed night like that for no other reason than that's not my demographic. Yeah, I I I feel like I wouldn't belong there. When I go to lose, I feel like I belong there, mm-hmm. and people of all stripes go to lose. Yep, but I feel like I belong there. It's just another person at a bar. A straight man going to a gay bar, especially on a heavily themed night like that, it seems like a weird sort of like this isn't my place type of thing. It was. I would feel super awkward. It was incredibly weird. And I mentioned this was the first, this was my Even first. Even now I would feel this super This was my awkward. first time ever at a bar, like of, of any kind that wasn't like a Chili's restaurant with a bar or whatever. Like this, wow. my first time at a bar. And so we walk in and at first it was cool. And then I started noticing all the dudes in drag it's like a slow realization. <laughs> and then I noticed that all of the bartenders were shirtless and fabulous. Okay. And then I noticed all of the waiters who were coming around with, like, their tails or whatever eccentricities they had. So this was a very gay bar. This was a very gay bar. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest... I would appreciate it now, not because I'm into that sexually, but because I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, from a sociological perspective, even, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. I was not digging it then. I was, <laughs> I was not comfortable. I was visibly uncomfortable. And in fact, the guy whose birthday it was that was like, I'm fine at a gay bar, was uncomfortable. Okay. It was So it was, it was a that. San Francisco parade gay bar. It was a San Francisco parade gay bar. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? It was it was fantastic and I would honestly love the opportunity to go again. Uh-huh. Because I'm more comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Ho, 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 ho. Back then? That'll break you in. <laughs> so yeah, so so we walk in and like I had just turned twenty one at this point. I, d- I didn't know what I wanted. So when I summed it up to my sister later, I said, yeah, I had alligator sex at a gay bar. I didn't know what drink I wanted, so the people I was there with ordered me an alligator sex, which is a drink. I don't know what that is. Um, Keep talking, I'll look it up. 
<laughs> I looked it up because I couldn't tell you what all was in it. I, I'm pretty sure Jaeger is in it. That's the only thing I remember. Melon liqueur. It's got Jaeger and melon liqueur. Um, it was a pretty good drink. But yeah, I, I had a, a, a jello shot and alligator sex at a gay bar. Googling that gave me nothing but results on how alligators have sex. So, <laughs> continue. Oh, it's sex with an alligator. Sorry, not alligator okay, sex. Uh, sweet and sour. Midori. Midori. Melon liqueur. Midori is melon liqueur. Yeah, uh... Layer in raspberry liqueur and Jaeger. Raspberry should go on the bottom, and Jaeger should float on top. Okay, continue. Yeah, so so I had sex with an alligator at a gay bar in Austin. <laughs> I had sex with an alligator at a gay bar. <laughs> My first time ever at a bar. <laughs> what a beautiful sentence. I love that. <laughs> continue. Keep talking. Uh, that was that's basically the story at this point. Like, is that you had you? So you were super uncomfortable. I was super uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first couple times I told that was when I was still slightly homophobic, and so I told it as a punchline, like I had sex with an alligator in a gay bar. Ha, ha, yeah, ha. yeah. Homophobia is funny. Uh-huh. Um, and I was kind of like. I, I feel obligated to set this up, like, my mindset at the time, so that it isn't offensive. Yeah. It still makes a pretty good story. Yeah, it does make a really good story, and I think most of the homosexual community is actually not flamboyantly San Francisco Parade gay. No, they're not. So, I mean, again, I, I started that with I think. I don't just think that. That's the truth. Um, most of the community is not like that. So... I think that's a funny story, even to a person like friend of the show Sam. I think uh, even he would appreciate that story and how funny it is, and and especially when you put it in the context of so a sexually repressed Christian goes into a flamboyant gay bar and has sex with an alligator. Well, I, you know and I mean, I mean? The, the difference between how I tell it now and how I told it then is like then it was like oh my gosh I ended up at a gay bar. Yeah. Like can you believe this happened? Like oh my gosh gays they're funny. <laughs> Imagine that homosexuality. <laughs> and now and now it's more and now it's more like this kind of hilarious joke like this probably was also a formative experience for me um, about like all oh, this sexually repressed Christian has to expand his worldview. Exactly. And it's funny. Exactly. And you know what? It is funny. It I is hope a funny. I hope you appreciate that with humor because It is. I I find this all humorous. I agree. But it is also in a way like mind expanding. I agree. I I think it's important to kind of reach outside your boundaries and and, and see things like that. That said, again, I I wouldn't feel comfortable at a San Francisco parade style gay bar. Simply because, and I use that as a, not a term of endearment, but a description based on pop culture. Yeah. Is how I use that term. So, um, I'm not saying, like, San Francisco parades are bullshit, even though really parading a two-story dildo in the streets of a city is unnecessary. (laughs) But, whatever. Um... (laughs) I don't know. I, I still wouldn't feel comfortable in that setting just because I would feel like I didn't belong. And that's one of the things that kind of that kind of makes me feel anxious socially. Yeah. And as we've said on the show before, I do have social anxiety mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, See, here, here's the thing. I really appreciate flirting. Yes. 
and I don't really care who I flirt with. Like, flirting is just fun. As yes. long as there is no pre pretense of, like, I have to deliver or whatever because I probably won't because I don't want to. Yeah. I just appreciate flirting. Yeah. And I, I can flirt with the gay guy or I can flirt with the hot straight chick. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly less comfortable flirting with unattractive women. It's one of those things where that kind of thing, in that context, flirting in public and stuff like that is generally based on the same rules that, like, Tinder is based on. Where it's a first glance type of hot or not type of thing. Mm -hmm. Which I think is fine. I personally do not have a problem with that. I'm, I'm like, I'm one of those people that's like, if you're gonna have sex with somebody, and it's not a uh, 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 an emotional mm-hmm. kind of religious experience that is having sex with somebody that you love. Um, if I would say emotional experience, not religious. Well, I mean religious experience as a descriptor, not as religion per se. Okay. Like, like you hear you hear people say like uh, like going to see Star Wars when it first came out in theaters as a religious experience. Okay. That's kind of how I mean it. Religious, okay. as in it has the same impact as a religious experience. Okay. That's how I mean it. And, I mean, you hear that when people talk about pop culture stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I went and saw Star Wars, and it was a religious experience, and stuff like that. Um, it's not talking about religion specifically, more as in it w- it had the impact on me that religious experience has experiences have on religious people. Okay. Um... And I think sex with someone that you truly kind of have that emotional and uh, and sort of almost ethereal connection with can be kind of a religious experience, okay. like, like that kind of thing. And everyone knows it's chemicals in the brain. What the fuck ever. It's still, it doesn't make it matter any less. Yeah. Um, that is correct. Uh, what was I saying? Um, that kind of casual sex tends to be based more on, is this a person that I would like to be inside of? Yeah, like, (laughs) if you're a man, it's... all physical appearance Exactly. And I don't have a problem with that um, as, you know, what it is. Uh, As long as you don't try to make more of it than what it is. Yeah. Because sometimes people do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that was a casual sexual experience, and that's fine, but also don't try to add meaning to something that doesn't mean that much. Yeah. Um, Because I've had both. It's one of those type of things where a casual sexual experience is a casual sexual experience. You're both horny people you want to get off, and you see this as somebody who would be a compatible sexual partner. Mm -hmm. And so you go for that. Um, whereas having sex with somebody who you truly feel the emotional connection with that makes a, uh, quote, relationship per se, and this may just be my orientation as a monogamist, but... I, I think everything you've said so far is far. It yeah. is fair. Everything you've so, said so, so far. So fair is far? <laughs> <laughs> so far is fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I just, I see that as kind of what it is. Um... I'm out of drink. Do you want to come back for a short segment before we call this out? Sure. Because I think we can. I think we've had a lot of good discussion, and I think we can come back for a third segment, uh, a very short one, before we start the longest outro ever. Uh, Let's do it. All right. Sounds good to me. Beep boop. (laughs) 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 Mitomo! Mitomo!
are back. We are. We're back. And it is uh, drinking. Baby files. got back. Baby does have back. We. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Baby um, does indeed have back. I got a refill. Ryan did not. I did not. Uh, I guess he's a more responsible human being than I am, and that's okay. I, I do want to remind everybody that we have a drinky sh- uh, a drinking game for this show. It'll be linked in the uh, show notes. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ryan. All right. We seem to have a theme of intimacy. Okay. Going with this show. Would you agree? I, I would agree. And I talked about how, like, I would have loved to, when I was younger, maybe go to a party where public nudity was acceptable and, and you know, just be around naked people, be naked around naked people. I, I tend to uh, think that that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, like, you know, it sort of breaks down the barriers between human beings, and we've talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about bathrooms. Okay. I just asked you, you just went to pee in my bathroom. I did. Um, you, I, I asked you through the door, of course, the door was not open. Um, I shouldn't say of course, because it's not always the case, but the door was not open, and I asked you if you wanted to refill, if you wanted more water, whatever you said you wanted more water. Uh, it brought to mind the idea of people talking to you in the restroom. Yes. I want to pose a situation and just get your quick answer on it. Um, you're in a public restroom, somebody comes to the urinal next to you, or near you, and starts a conversation. Bro. What do you know? Bro. Urinal etiquette. You gotta be at least one away. Okay, I I agree, but not everyone follows the rule. That's true. Um, what's your, what is your immediate reaction when somebody goes to the urinal next to you or near you and tries to start a conversation? Probably just answer whatever question he asked, but probably... As curtly as possible, yeah. just answer the question. So it's not going to lead to the conversation? Yeah, not leave the conversation open. I mean, I'm not opposed. It is a little weird. It's a little on the weird side. I agree. But, like, you know... I've mentioned how open I am about things and how, again, I'm, I'd am i be totally naked, totally comfortable being naked in... in public, as long as others are naked as well, uh, at a party or, or something like that, and how, uh, I think it'd be totally fine to myself and my significant other for us to go and maybe play spin the bottle with a group of people, you know, because I only see that being more sexy for myself and my partner. Um, this is actually one of two questions that I wanted to ask you about, about, like, bathroom intimacy. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's weird. Um, you and I are in my, uh where I live. Mm-hmm. You're my home. Mm-hmm. So, for me to ask you a question through a bathroom door isn't weird, mm. I don't think. Mm. Okay. Um, but, I feel like in public it's different. And also, yeah. we're not strangers. Yeah. Like, it would be different if you and I went to a show and we were at the urinals and it's like, hey man, that set was great, wasn't it? I imagine you'd answer. Or would you not? No, I'd answer. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, in a way I, that's conducive to conversation, not just curtly and, and pointedly because you're pissing. I mean, because you are someone I know and not a stranger, like, at that point, I wouldn't mind having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with this hypothetical situation is... Yes. I am so... And it is a hypothetical. It, it is doesn't mean anything. But... It is... I am so fantastically pee-shy... Oh, are you? You're, I am. You're okay. So incredibly yeah, pee-shy. Yeah. There's no way that, like, we would even end up in, like, urinals with the space between us. Yeah. Like, we would walk into this bathroom, and maybe you would go to the urinal, 
and I would go find a toilet or stand in line for a toilet. Really? So that I had some kind of enclosed you space. You don't feel comfortable peeing among friends? No, absolutely not. Really? See, I'm the other way. Like, last time, we had a guest on the show one time, and you guys were in the living room, and I had to pee, and so I went to the bathroom, and I peed. Doors open. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, you can't see into it from the living room, um, and I figured that'd be fine, because it only takes me a couple seconds, but um, it was one of those things where I felt like leaving the door open, first of all, wasn't a big deal. I didn't really care. I was just a little bit drunk. And also, it was sort of a safety thing. Like, if somebody started puking, I wanted to be able to be like, fuck, let me get in there. Without having the door closed and not being able to hear it. But I'm not really pee shy when there's a possibility of somebody rounding a corner and seeing me pee. Because I know the immediate reaction is going to be, fuck, turn around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I'm not really like that. But it's interesting. I didn't know that about you. I didn't I know am, that you were kind of pee shy. I am, like, borderline debilitatingly pee shy. Um, there, are, there are tricks I have learned... Um, Drink most of them from the Advice Hot Dog podcast. <laughs> uh, like those guys actually have some pretty decent advice to give about peeing in public if you're pee shy. Yeah. Um, and one of them is like put in headphones and listen to something because if you're listening to something and you can't hear, if you're in your own headspace, you're, you're not going to notice. Yeah. You know that makes it easier. Um, and so I've gotten to the point where I I can use urinals in public restrooms with people around me. But still, you with... couldn't do that before. Not at all. Really? Yeah, really, not at all. So, like, th- like if you were in a in a bathroom, have you ever been inside of a bathroom that had a trough? I have. Instead of urinals, I have. Okay. Th- these are, by the way, these are generally the grossest fucking bathrooms. The oh, one that so have a trough bad. instead of urinals, so individual bad. urinals. Oh my god! Like, there's a there's a hierarchy. I find that cleaner men's bathrooms have urinals that end before the floor. Mm-hmm. And then urinals that end at the floor tend mm-hmm. to be dirtier. Yep. And then urinals with the trough tend to be the dirtiest. Yes. Would you agree with that hierarchy? I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's so bad. But I personally have never had a problem going up to a trough and pissing since I was probably a kid. Oh, I I, I probably couldn't. I don't think I've had a problem with that since, and this is kind of a telling story, when I was younger, uh, much, much younger, single digits younger, mm-hmm. Um, I piss my pants in a Lowe's. Hmm. I went to a Lowe's home improvement store with my dad. I really had to go to the restroom. So I told my dad, I was like, I gotta go piss. I gotta go, I gotta go, I didn't say that. I've gotta go to the restroom. Okay, so I go, and I can't get the door to lock, and I'm struggling with the lock, and as I'm struggling with the lock, I piss myself. Uh, That's how bad it was. Like, uh-huh. how bad I needed to pee. Um, again, this is probably pre-double digits, uh-huh. how young I am. Yeah. So, I'm embarrassed just walk out and go out there. And I walk around with Dad for a minute with my legs chafing. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to admit anything. I sat in the truck with just my pants covered in piss. And it's just, ugh, it was the worst thing in the world. And um, I think that was, again, one of these formative experiences where I was like, I, I'm never going to be scared to pee in a public restroom ever again after that. And I never really have been. It's always been, public restrooms after that have always been a place where I can use the restroom because I just don't want to piss myself again. (laughs) I I have been in in situations where I walk into a restroom and there's no one in there. And as long as there's no one in there, it's fine. So I walk up to a urinal and I start peeing. Yes. Someone else walks in and I get so pee shy that I stop mid-piss. Oh. The stream cuts off? The stream cuts off. And then there was just like people just kept coming and going and so I couldn't so I actually zipped up my pants flushed the toilet or the urinal yeah and then walked into a stall 
for some privacy. Because I just you, couldn't. Okay, you were, were you homeschooled all through high school? All through high school, yeah. Okay, so you didn't experience this. I went to a high school where the stalls had no doors. And in some cases, they weren't even stalls. They were like chest-high walls. I have I have been in uh, road stops like that. And I'm not saying between urinals. Between toilets. Yeah. It was chest-high walls. Um, I never had a problem with that either. I imagine... I, I did. I just chest-high walls in a, in a bathroom instead of stalls with walls and doors. I imagine chest-high walls would be fairly debilitating for you if there was someone else in the room. If there's someone else in the room, yes, I can't go in those. The nice thing, like... Like I said, I've only been in roadside, you know, truck stops or whatever. Uh, and so those don't get a ton of traffic. So typically yeah. you get a reprieve. Exactly. And like, and the thing is, it's only for peeing. I can take a shit. Take a dump. Yeah. Just wherever. fine. It's one of those like everybody poops thing, but peeing is so. I think it has to do with the fact that peeing is so genital focused. Yeah. That it's like a very private kind of thing. I don't know. I've always kind of had that thought about it, that and being pee-shy has to do with the genitals more than it has to do with actually peeing. Uh, probably. And in restrooms where they've got the urinals with, like, those really tall, really wide separators in between them... Yeah. Like, those I can use just fine, too. So... Yeah. I, I totally understand that. I wanted to kind of talk about, too... Now, this doesn't segue as well. I actually should have reversed these two topics, but I think the second one is going to be a little more interesting. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, and not in the sense that I'm interested in it, but in the sense that I've just been thinking about it a little bit as I've browsed Reddit, specifically, because, as I mentioned before on the show, my primary source for porn is not porn sites, it's Reddit. Because it's actual people doing actual things, mm-hmm. and they have all their flaws intact, and it's, you know, it's it's more liberating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also want you to see it. They're not getting paid. Yeah. Um, there's a subreddit, slash r, slash cuckold. Okay. Where men enjoy... I'm, I'm a, I know what cuckold is. And post videos. Yeah, I want to I wanna explain it, though. Cuckolding the fetish. Mm-hmm. Men enjoy watching or taping their wives being fucked by other dudes. Mm-hmm. And I follow this because sometimes the videos are super hot. And also because um, I don't have interest in it for myself, but I enjoy other people enjoying their fetishes. Mm-hmm. I find that uh, sexy. When other people are enjoying the things that they like, mm-hmm. I find that sexy even if I wouldn't personally enjoy it. Like foot jobs and stuff. I can still find sexy even though I'm not remotely interested in a foot job. Yeah. I like feet. Don't get me wrong. But a foot job to me it just seems like a half-assed version of a hand job, mm-hmm. which is a half-assed version of a blow job. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like a quarter-assed version of getting a dude off. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. But I can still enjoy it because they enjoy it, right? Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. As I've said before, I am very much a monogamist. I would not be comfortable with another man having sex with my significant other. Yeah? But I wanted to get your thoughts on the idea of cuckolding and cuckoldry and kind of... I'm not a cuckold. I... I'm not a jealous person. Yeah. And I am. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind the person I was with having sex with someone else, 
but I don't want to watch. Like, just go off and do it, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to hang out away from you. You go have your time, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I don't I don't want to watch. And this just kind of ties back into what I said about I would like me and my significant other to be involved in a game of Spin the Bottle mm-hmm. rather than just one of us being off playing Spin the Bottle. That That's a little cheaty, whereas if it's me and her and we're enjoying a game of Spin the Bottle and we're both kissing strangers and it's raising the sexual tension between us mm-hmm. rather than uh, creating sexual tension between us and others, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's fine. And that's also a mindset thing. I don't know, I personally haven't brought it up, and I probably wouldn't, because I don't really get the opportunity to do this anymore, Mm -hmm. but I probably wouldn't bring it up between myself and my significant other. You want to go play a game and spin the bottle with some strangers? Um, And I don't know what she'd say to that, but I know for myself, I'd be totally cool if she kissed another guy, and it was like raising sexual tension between her and I. Mm -hmm. I like having a, uh, to agree sex is about la 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 la. To a degree, sex is about objectification, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, and that's important, I think. Um, So I enjoy having a person with whom only I can have sex. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, and it's not just for purposes of objectification, it's it's also an emotional type of response. Yeah, absolutely. Just so people don't think I'm like a fucking uh, controlling ass dick. (laughs) About this kind of thing. It, it, it's kind of an emotional thing as well, and it's kind of a game type of thing. Too. If I was in a relationship, and I went to play, or I was somewhere, and we played Spin the Bottle, yeah, and shit happened, or she was somewhere, and she played Spin the Bottle, I would like to know. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like, oh, hey, I'm going to a party, we're going to play Spin the Bottle. It's just like, oh, hey... I just want you to know, like, the student I made out, or the student I had sex, like, because that kind of is going to inform, in some way, the interactions later yes. on. Yes, And so I just want to I absolutely know, agree. but, like, in your case, you know, you don't want her having sex, or you want to be there when she's kissing someone else, because that is a thing for the two of you. Exactly. It, it's a... It's, it's, it's an activity... That she and I are doing, even if she's kissing somebody else, it's an activity that she and I are taking. Taking, uh, it's for us. It's mm-hmm. not for the benefit of this other dude that she might happen to be kissing. It's that's for my benefit. Mm-hmm. And if I kiss another chick, that's for her, that's for her benefit because she knows that uh, at the end of the night, I'm going home with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whereas, like. <sighs> And so you're in a lo- long distance relationship. I am in a long distance relationship. And yes. we've talked be- before. Like my primary potential for a relationship would be long distance. Agreed. Um, but even in that, yeah. in the relationships I was in, where like my girlfriend lived like five minutes from me, it was important to me to have personal time. I enjoyed spending time with her. Yes. And I enjoyed, you know. Having my own personal time, oh, and so yeah, absolutely. I kind of I'm the same way. I think that comes with being a little bit introverted, though, as well. I kind of honestly see are. this as an extension of that, mind you, a rather extreme extension of that. But an yes. extension of that, like you know, maybe we're not always in the same place when we want to get off, when we want to get off. And I don't want to prevent my significant other 
from enjoying her time and getting off. I don't want to be prevented from enjoying my time and getting off. Yes. Like, and I, I also tend to be, and I've said this before, phenomenally arrogant and, like, overconfident. Yeah. And so maybe... This, I'm the same way. This comes from that. Like, like we are in a relationship because we have something more than that. I can be okay with her going and having sex with someone else because we're in a relationship and we have a slightly stronger yes. bond. I know... It, Granted, though, I do want to point this out because somebody's going to. Go um, for it. Whenever we get traction with this show, somebody's going to point this out, if anyone ever listens to this episode. This is coming from somebody who is virginal. Yes. Yes, and that is a completely fair criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I just want to, I don't doubt your point of view whatsoever. I doubt it would change if you had sex because it seems like the kind of uh, idea that's more... built on logic rather than emotion. And so I totally don't doubt what you're saying, but I do want to get that out of the way in case somebody wants to point it no, out. Yeah, no, it is totally fair to say that maybe one day I'll have sex and then become this weird, jealous, like, monogamous... Yeah. In a sense, those, those are not synonymous. I don't want to say that monogamous is synonymous with jealousy. Yeah. Um, uh, in a weird... In, in, in a sense, though... Um, let's just say sexually possessive. Yeah. Um, I which think, I, I don't I believe is unhealthy, fair. by the way. I don't believe it's unhealthy to be sexually possessive of your partner to the extent that you want a monogamous sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. No, um, and, and that is completely fair. Okay. I, I just wanted to get that out of the way just because I know somebody's going to bring that up. Yeah, because, you know, you are actually speaking from experience and I am speaking from hypothetical, like, my mindset, how I yes. view things. And it is, however, I do want to defend you, though, as well. It's based on a logical understanding of human sexuality that you have mm -hmm. without perhaps the experience, but... I don't know that your perspective would change even if you did have a sexual relationship with somebody. I don't know. I don't want to say a sexual If you did have sex with somebody, I don't know that it would change simply because it's based in that kind of very logical, very square-as-a-square type of mentality, and I think that's fine. I, I don't care. As long as... But, and, like, I think... You can be in a polyamorous relationship mm -hmm. and still cheat on the person you're with. There's a certain amount of emotional betrayal. Yes. And that can occur. That I would not be okay with. Like, this is all on the assumption that, you know, me or my significant other can go out and have sex and at the end of the day want to come back and be with you know the ourselves, other the other yes. person. Because like there is there is some kind of deeper relationship there or that, some the, kind of the, more like the idea that the strength comes from the relationship between the two of you and the confidence to go out and have sex with other people comes from the two of you and to a certain extent i would say even as an important facet the permission mm -hmm. to go out and have sex with other people comes from the two of you rather than selfishness yes i think it has to be born of the relationship instead of uh i just want to have sex with people fuck you like all right, I can't speak. <laughs> it's a super, super interesting topic. I can't That's why I speak to bring it up. definitively here at all. I think okay that if I was in a relationship, poly polyamorous, <laughs> open relationship, whatever. Yes. And my my partner came home 
and didn't actually want to have sex with me like she did it because we were in a relationship and this was established and like it's easier to just go with the flow than to break up or whatever yeah um at that point i would want to break up there's a pr- there's a problem there i agree there there's a problem with the relationship it's no longer healthy if you're just continuing on habit yes. or whatever and I think... When there's no more the, desire the, between the two involved mm-hmm. in the relationship. Or in a polyamorous relationship that's, that's like... Uh, like If there's no more desire between block. one of the two parties. Yeah. At that one point... Of, one of any of the parties, that person should probably be ejected. Mm-hmm. Simply because that person is in it more for the freedom to have sex with whoever than they are for the relationship itself. Yep. I absolutely understand that. And I, again, personally, I'm not a cuckold. I cannot abide by the idea of my girlfriend having sex with somebody else. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I, that just makes me sick to think about. However, I can understand the fetish, um, especially because in a lot of cases, it seems, in the subreddits that I follow and things like that, of course, it's hard to get statistics on that yep. <laughs> because yep. those studies don't really exist. But in my own lurking about the internet, I found that a lot of times the relationship is really more for the relationship itself rather than having sex with strangers. Like, the person, the woman especially, in a cuckold-type relationship, the woman who's off having sex with somebody will send texts or pictures or tell the story when they get home. And when they get home, they will have sex with their significant other while telling the story or whatever of, of what happened that night. Mm-hmm. And I think that is more understandable than... I think that's like cuckoldry rather than, yeah, this person that I'm with just goes off and has, has sex with people regardless of my feelings. Mm-hmm. I think that is... While it may be a kink, it may be born of certain emotional insecurities yeah. that should probably be addressed. <laughs> yeah, so here's here's a really interesting thing because um like some of my best friends are actually in an open relationship yeah so which again we're not judging anybody but it's just our opinions on these things and our separate opinions my opinion is not shared by ryan and ryan's opinion is not shared by me right necessarily right so so i think that in an open relationship consent is absolutely key that like yes if yes, my yes, significant yes, other yes, came yes, to me yes, and was yes. like you know for whatever reason maybe she has valid reasons maybe she doesn't maybe she's a little jealous in this instance or whatever she's like i don't want you having sex with this person yes then i think that is important and at that point i need to stop having sex with that person you have an obligation to your partner to not have sex with this person here's the flip side of that and this is advice that I heard from these people who were in an open relationship, and it was advice that was given to them, I think, not too long after they started dating or after they got married or whatever. They were trying to work this whole they open began relationship. Their relationship. They were trying yes. to work out this open relationship thing. And one of their mentors said, here's the thing. The relationship either has to be based completely on trust and completely open yes, or completely closed. There is no middle ground that you can make work. I can absolutely and see that because the middle ground turns into gray areas, which then turn into arguments, mm-hmm. which then will be the downfall of any relationship. Yeah. And, and in which communication is not the primary, uh, per, uh, I guess, focus. And, you know, 
I absolutely understand that argument, and that is a weird, like, I don't have an answer, because that argument yes. fundamentally says there can be no gray area, but at the same time, I'm like, well, there needs to be consent here, and if she maybe doesn't consent to one person, I need to be okay with that, but then that falls in that gray area, it's yeah. not really open, and, and like, then at how what do you... level do you have to consent? Like, do you have to ask, let's say your girlfriend is going to have sex with this person, Let's say, like, do you have to ask, like, okay, how big is he? How, what's the, the what, 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 uh, parameters do you have for consent? And all this other stuff. It, it becomes confusing. Mm-hmm. It does. It can be confused. And that's really hard to deal with and, you know, get right and shit. Which and is part of the reason I like being a monogamous. <laughs> because I yeah. like the idea that it's not okay for you to have sex with the people, period. Yeah. And that is a, a far easier, um, that's kind of a cheap term, far easier. Uh, yeah, well, you but, say that, and it's true, but it's also not a, not just about ease. It's no, about it, it's about the relationship itself. Yeah, yeah. it's not you just about ease. You say it's far easier, and in truth, it is far easier. But it's not just about the ease of it. For me personally, it's about yeah. um, knowing that this part of our relationship is mine. Mm-hmm. And, and hours, and just between the two of us. To be completely fair, if I was in a, a long-distance relationship or whatever, I would prefer, even though it's not the same, it, I would prefer, like, weird phone sex or whatever, yes. where, like, we're getting off at the same time separately yes. or whatever, to her going out and sleeping with people and and because in that way, you're even less involved. It becomes even less about the relationship, and it becomes more about what's available. Yeah. And that, to me, seems like an issue. If you're not a person who's having casual sex, it seems like... And by casual sex, I mean sex outside of a time in which you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It becomes even less about just having sex with people that you find attractive. It becomes more about um, having sex with people, period. And truthfully, and I think nobody would disagree with this, uh, unless they disagree with it, in which case, fucking fine, but I think you're wrong. Sex is a deeply personal thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're, you're kind of, it depends on context, but it also depends on who says what, and this kind of, like, it, it's a huge gray area. I'm not going to deny it's a huge oh, gray yeah, area. absolutely. But I think there are certain lines that exist, and maybe it's different for every couple. Mm-hmm. But, I, and I don't know. Again, don't know from experience. I yeah. think probably the key to an open relationship is the overwhelming majority of the time, Yeah, you and your partner are having sex together. It is only on occasion where you're separated for whatever you're off on trips you're long distance whatever and on occasion you go off and have sex with someone else if you are regularly having sex with other people outside of your relationship at that point maybe and again i don't know yes probably it's it's not healthy but to me if the if the man is turned on by that though it's cuckoldry and if the woman is turned on by that she's a cuck queen yeah. Which, again, is fine. It's yeah, totally it's fine. fine. And, but, and I, again, we're trying really hard in this discussion not to pass judgment on others, but we can only come from the position of our personal mm-hmm. experiences and preferences. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it's kind of one of those things where 
myself being a monogamist, I do see sex as a certain amount of, uh, like, my, I've never had casual sex. Mm-hmm. I've had sex outside of a emotional relationship, mm-hmm. but that was sex with somebody who was willing to have sex with me for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. At least I assumed. And drama came from that, and that's part of the reason that I don't see, like, friends with benefits or fuck buddies mm-hmm. working out. I don't see that being a thing that works just because of my personal experiences. But I think it's important to note that all of this inside of a relationship, as you said, comes from consent. Mm-hmm. And uh, before a, a woman in a cuckold type relationship goes out and has sex with somebody who's random or a man uh, whose uh, significant other is a cuck queen goes out and has a sexual relationship with somebody to make sure it's okay. I think there's there is, importance to that. And that's not for everybody. There's either. one counter-argument I want to make to the one I just made. So, you know, arguing against myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is... Um, well, we're discussing a gray area. That's bound to happen. Oh, yeah. And, I mean... I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> I would love to go into that. <laughs> but we are running out of time, and that's going to get kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, all right. When I was... Uh, researching kind of the asexual mentality and philosophy. Yes. There are asexual people who still have relationships. Yes. They don't of course. Have, they don't have sex in them, and the relationship here is all about the kind of deeper emotional, personal... Connection. Connection. Intimate on a level and outside so, of the physical. And so I said, I think... If you're having sex with other people more often than your significant other, maybe that's unhealthy. Well... Maybe not, because maybe the reason you're in that relationship is for the emotional, personal connection, connection. yeah, and not for the the sex. So maybe you know there are people who can make it work. Um, even I, I don't think I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not. As well, I said, you absolutely. I am aren't. a monogamous because you're a monogamous. I only want to have sex with my significant other, and I only want my significant other to have sex with me. And, and so it's just. Like, I go back to the thing I said earlier. I believe that sexuality is, at the very least, a graph, not a scale. Yeah. Probably some, some n-dimensional yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, I agree. you know, place yourself. Find someone who's compatible. Yes. The, I, think, I think that's a, that's a very important thing to kind of end this specific discussion on, is that if you end up in a relationship with someone who's not where you are, on that scale, it's not going to go well. No, it's not. You're gonna you're gonna end up with either issues of jealousy or issues of um, even going so far as asexual. You might end up with issues of like sexual complete incompatibility, mm-hmm. where someone who has no desire for sex is with someone who does have a desire for sex, but is also slightly monogamous and also stuff. It, 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 there are so many issues that can arise with human sexuality. And, or the person who is, you know, borderline asexual, I, I say borderline because maybe they want to have sex occasionally, but not as often as their partner mm-hmm. wants their partner to be monogamous and only with them. And so if their partner has a need to get off more, you know, that yeah. doesn't work. Like there are all kinds of ways this can go wrong. Absolutely. And there are certain ways to work that out as well. Like there are, I mean, frankly, vibrators and pocket well, pussies well, exist for a reason. Well, see, the, but, where I specifically was going with this is I read a, a story about um, 
men... This was specifically about men. And they get in a relationship, and it's great. And then there's... I don't remember what it is, but this particular medicine, which lowers their libido? Yes. And so they stop wanting to have sex as free. Is this medicine called age? <laughs> no, this was actually like a prescribed medicine of some medication, kind. And there yes. are plenty of medications which lower your libido. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they'd have sex or whatever, and their women wouldn't be satisfied because it wasn't the sex they were used to when they got into this relationship. And so their women yes. would go and masturbate, use a dildo, use their fingers or whatever, and the men were not okay with that. Like, specifically, they only wanted their partner to have sex when... They wanted to have sex. See, and like, that's something that I've never been a part of and I don't understand is like, and I think it comes from being in a long-term relationship is that, or I'm sorry, in a long-distance relationship and perhaps long-term. I mean, who knows? But that is not... You have to be okay with your partner's needs. Mm-hmm. And no, that is absolutely not a mentality that I respect at all. I don't no. care if you're on medicine. Go f- Fuck yourself, except not literally, because you don't yes. want to. Yes. Like, if we're talking literal here, maybe kill yourself. No. I'm still, I'm <laughs> no, still like, well, talking shit. At least, shit, I mean, but... here's the thing. Be part of the experience. Like, if you're not okay with your partner getting off without you being involved, be involved. Maybe, you know, well, whisper except, in her ear that, as she masturbates or whatever. Except that the something. explicit point here is that they don't want to be. Their libido is so low based on this medication that they just don't want to be a part of that. And like, at that point, you just need to suck it the fuck up. I agree. That you don't want to have sex as often and just let them do their thing. Like, that is yes. not an okay mentality at all. Like, like we've talked about, we are perfectly open with whatever kinks you want to have, yeah, however sexually you, totally. you identify. But like... Pre- not being okay with your partner's sexuality, that is not okay. It's not, and it it, it only leads to an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. It, there's no way that can end well. No, there's. It, it's not going to end well for anyone. I agree. Either she's going to be miserable and not get off as often as she wants, in which case you are a controlling piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least framed that way. I mean, who who the fuck knows? But or she's going to go get off behind your back, and that's trust that in is, the relationship trust, is broken. That is yeah. a form of backstabbing. Like that's not really okay on her part either. To be fair, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that relationship needs to end. I agree, uh, or at least be hammered out to the point that you come to an agreement on something. Um... Again, this is why communication is always touted as being the most important thing in a relationship, and it is. It is. It absolutely like, is. There's no, like, the idea of communication being the most important thing in a relationship, though it may sound trite, and it may sound like a... Uh, cliche? It, it, yeah, exactly. It may sound like a cliche. It's not. It is Well, I mean, it is a cliche, but it's true. Yeah, it is absolutely 100% the truth, and that's an important thing to realize. And... I don't know. It's just one of those things that I found interesting is that even though I'm not interested in cuckoldry, I kind of find it attractive when other people are, um, when they truly are. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, you come across a post on Reddit that's a cuckoldry type of post, and you can kind of get the sense from the way that it's written or from the way that it's described that the dude is not totally into it, or even in the cuck queen type community that the woman is not really into it, that she's just kind of letting it happen. Um, these are the kinds of things that lead to problems down the road. Mm-hmm. And I would say at that point, it's kind of 
more of a, a personal issue of like knowing what you're into and like, you know, maybe your tastes have changed. Maybe you were a cuck queen and now you're getting less. Or yeah. And it's kind of accepting and realizing that and then, you know, communicating with your partner yes. to bring it back that you're no longer okay with that and then there's some discussion that needs to happen. And, I agree. And whatever. But And I do want to make it clear, Ryan and I are both not, we're not, there's no sides to this issue. Ryan and I are not in the same shade of gray. No. Um, and so I think it's important to point out that whatever relationship you decide is right for you isn't wrong. You can be possessive of your sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is totally, That's... absolutely okay. Yep. And you can be not possessive of your sexual relationship with your partner. And that is also totally, absolutely mm -hmm. okay. Yep. I think Ryan hit it on the head when he said early in the conversation, the key to this is consent. Mm -hmm. And consent is a thing that can be revoked. Yes. And you have to, everybody has to remain clear on that. I spoke in the last episode of Dino Files. I talked about the idea of consent and that it can be revoked in a political, from a political point of view, mm -hmm. as far as consent to be governed and things like that. Yep. But I think it's also important and perhaps even more important in mm -hmm. this personal type of interaction where you must consent to the behavior of your significant other. Yep. And your significant other must make sure that they have your consent or it's a problem. Yep. And I think that's very important. And you should definitely be uh, assertive. You should definitely be uh, confident mm -hmm. in how you feel about the way a relationship is going where it will cause problems. Mm -hmm. And that's where heartbreak comes from. Yeah. So, I just I just think that's super important. No, I absolutely agree. It's it's completely important. Yeah. Um. All right, Ryan. Shall we wrap up the show? Yes. Are you ready to start the longest outro ever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um. What are you online? And make sure it's the longest outro ever because the last time we did this, it was a little short, and I was a little disappointed that the outro took less than fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> Um, I'm not a fan of the longest outros ever. Um, um, I think it's a funny bit. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> All, All right. right. So, uh, because it started out as the longest outros ever, and it's sort of, I don't know, I don't want to explain the whole thing. Where are you on the internet, my friend? Okay. Find me on Ello. Ello.co slash Cheddarhawk54. Yes, Emily. I use Ello. Fuck you. Her friends made fun of us, dude. No, because she made fun of us. Well, I mean, our our studio audience, Lou and Chris, made fun of us, too, for yes, using Ello, yes. but... They made fun of us because, like, Ello is old or something like that. And no, Ello's like... not even old. It's just, like, a thing that never took off. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, Ello's gonna be so cool. Everyone joined Ello, and then no one used Ello. Here's the thing, though. It's a social media network with no ads, and it doesn't sell your information. Yeah. I'm behind that 100%. And it's beautifully designed. They're all about very simplicity. Well it's very simply designed. That's the thing, too, is it looks like a very simple HTML page, but it's almost like if you've been on Tumblr and you see a lot of the photography stuff and the art stuff and stuff like that, but Tumblr is still so over-designed. Oh, Tumblr is... Like, 80% oversaturated meme shit. I agree. And and Tumblr's also, like, everything's center page and all this other stuff. It's not necessary. On Ello, it's simplistic. It's beautiful photography. Tumblr, Tumblr has kind of become, like, a slightly more original 9-gag. I agree. I agree. And I think it's funny sometimes. 
but I think Elo is more pretty, mm-hmm. and I think Elo is the type of social network that I would want to be involved with. People yeah. posting things, everything's just a little bit left justified, kinda. It's simplistic, and they don't sell your information, and they don't have ads, yep. and that's important. Yep. So find me at Elo Cheddarock Fifty Four. Find me on Google Plus Plus Ryan Porterfield Ninety Two. That's Cheddarhawk54, like the cheese, yes. and the bird, and the number. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Ryan Porterfield, how do you spell Porterfield? P-O-R-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. See, that's might be a little bit confusing. I don't know. I might have misspelled that before in my life, so yeah. <laughs> plenty of people have misspelled that plenty of times. It's right. fine. It's whatever. Um, What's the number that follows Ryan Porterfield? 92. 92. It's a different number, just to yes. confuse you. Yeah. Um, Instead of 54. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, find me on Twitter, at ShadowHawk54, that is shadow like the thing that light casts on you. Yes, light casts on a wall behind you a shadow, and that is ShadowHawk. Like the bird, and 54 like the number. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yet again. Find me on Instagram and Snapchat, same, ShadowHawk54. Um, You're on Snapchat, Shadowhawk? Yeah. I don't know if you and I follow each other on, on Snapchat. We do. You sent me a snap once. Oh, okay. I don't use Snapchat very much. I don't like it all that much, honestly. I go through phases. I did want to say... Uh, I do have to say, I use Snapchat more when I'm around people who are using Snapchat. I understand that, yeah. Because we were like, I'm going to post this snap, and you're like, I might as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I used Snapchat a ton when I was in San Antonio taking pictures of the Alamo and the Riverwalk and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, use it less now that I'm back home. and like. I did want to say earlier, like, in a long-distance relationship, Skype, super important. You were talking about getting off and all this other stuff, and it's like... Skype is the way to do it. Not just necessarily Skype, but like any video messaging program. Mm-hmm. If you can have uh, like video sex with your partner over Skype or whatever, go for it. It's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, there are plenty of tools to make that easier now. Some of them, some of them we've talked about here. Some of them with the advent of the internet, there's no reason for a long distance relationship to be super shitty. Yeah. Um, sometimes yes, maybe, but. I don't know. Uh, okay, so you want Snapchat? Snapchat, Hawk? Instagram, Twitter, Ello, uh, Google Plus. I think that's all the places I am on the internet. Is that it? Is that everywhere you are on the internet? It's, oh, it's not everywhere, but it's minus everywhere I'm Facebook going. because fuck Facebook. We don't say that. Yeah, except for Facebook, that's basically everywhere I am on the internet. All right, man. Uh, I want to point out. The lyrics that I said earlier in the show are from a song by Cross Movement. It's called When I Flow, uh, parentheses, it's gospel, close parentheses. And I fucked up the lyrics because I made them fairly secular, and they're actually very religious because I heard them wrong as a kid. (laughs) And I made them more secular than they actually are in the song, but that's the song. Um, When I Flow, it's gospel by Cross Movement. Um, I am Dean Wisner on pretty much everything. On Twitter, at Dean Wisner. The, uh, Wisner is spelled W-I-S-E-N-E-R. If you can't spell Dean, don't fucking follow me because, my God, I don't want your tweets. <laughs> um, uh, I am plus Dean Wisner on Google+. Plus. I am Dean Wisner on Ello. And on YouTube... Which we will have up and running soon. I promise. It's just so hard to edit video. And <laughs> Premiere Pro is so terrible. <laughs> um, that I'm having a hard time. But we'll be uploading to YouTube soon. 
we'll, we will also be uploading episodes of a new show, Taking Flack, uh, which I plan on posting the RSS to this uh, this weekend. Um, and that's basically that. Yeah. I have the hiccups. I'm sorry. Let me get rid of them. Say something. 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 Something, something. Something, something. Something. I love something. You take something. Something. Something, something. Something. Oh, yes. Thank you for calling back to when I fucked up on the last episode. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Um, that's I think the end of the outro. Yeah. All right. If you follow me uh, on Twitter, you can find me on Mitomo. <laughs> me see Tomo. all of my wonderful dick jokes. See all of our shows on dean-o.net or dean-o.church. You can donate to the shows there as well if you click the donate button. Uh, that is that. This show is brought to you by donors and donors. all the other shows. Are no, brought it's to not. You we have donors. no donors. Well, it's brought to you by us. We have to say that to make other people donate, man. Go donate, and the show can be brought to you by you. Please, and we have, we do have rewards for donors, so go check those out at patreon.com slash drinkyfiles. If you go to dean-o.net, you can find the donate button and the link to Patreon and all other stuff. Uh, it's Dean just quicker. Dean-o.church. Yeah. .church, exactly. Um... Which is a real URL, because this is the Church of Dino. Hallowed be its name. Hallowed be its name. Back in lab again, young lads getting bad with the pad and pin. Holy culture, a fabulous fabric blend. God's people got a fashion sense that'll take it past your trends to get passionate. With the passages from the text while we pass in it. Though we not highly paid to perform, that'll stop your sense on the stages galore. Ah, you can take them by the stage in the studio booth. Put the label execs in the loop they recoup. That don't change what we slang, not its usual group. We only do for the lowers, who don't do for the hoops. I see the closest distress I want to express, so the things that are off my chest, but it's time to really put the Jesus Christ, and the Jesus Christ, and the Jesus Christ, and the Jesus Christ, and the That was terrible. That was terrible. Come back in two weeks, we'll have another episode of Drinky Files. Oh, yes. <laughs> Time for me to go jack off in Dean's bathtub. Yeah. I'll rub my face in it. <laughs> 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 DinoNed is a podcast network that brings you, the listener, donation-supported podcasts. These shows are supported exclusively by their creator and their listeners. There are no ads on this network. That means the podcast you listen to is the product, not you. And remember, DinoNet is always looking for great shows to join in our movement. If you've got a podcast or you want to start a podcast and you feel like you would fit well with our family, come on, send us an email at deanwnet at gmail.com. Dot com.